Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Calabasas City Council meeting of December 11, 2013. Happy holidays to everybody. I'm Mayor Fred Gaines. All five council members are here, including our Mayor Pro Tem David Shapiro and Council Members Lucy Martin, James Bazajan, and Mary Sue Maurer. And we are going to start our meeting tonight with the Pledge of Allegiance led by our award-winning Cub Scout Pack 333. I saw they were the Volunteer of the Month, honored by Senator Fran Pavley for all their great work with the food drive that was so successful last month. So congratulations, and please lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Good morning, boys and ladies and gentlemen. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Color Guard Advance. All those in civilian clothes, put your right hand over your heart. All those in uniforms, please salute the flag. Ready? Begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Color God, put the colors. Color guards who loot the colors. Two. Color guard dismissed. Please be seated. Thank you very much, and thank you, Jeff. And we look forward to having you join us again in 2014. Um, before we move to approval of the agenda, we did meet in closed session, and I will ask the city attorney to report on the closed session. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the council. The item discussed was the Crown Castle um, litigation case involving our wireless telecommunications ordinance. Um, suffice to state, there was a discussion about that case and the ruling of the court. Uh, there was no reportable action at this time taken by the city council. Thank you very much. We'll move to approval of the agenda. I'd ask the council to note that item number five, which was the uh, recommendation for the city council to respond in writing to the FCC proposal, we are going to postpone that item. We do have a recommendation from the CTC. However, the federal process has been delayed and we were not, uh, the consultant was not quite ready to come tonight with, uh, to be in a position to, for us to take an action. Uh, and we will have plenty of time to do that. Comments are, our comments are not due till the beginning of March. So we will in uh, January plan to have a full report with a recommendation for uh, action at that time. Other than that, are there any other issues related to the agenda. Well, I, I would ask that if somebody is here on that yes. item, they do wish to speak, they can speak in open comment now. Which is yes, if there is anyone that would like, is there anyone here that would like to speak on that item? 
If there is anyone here that puts in a card, we'll take their testimony. Uh, I know the CTC members who were inter who had shown interest were notified in advance that okay. we'd be putting that item off. Um, any other items on the agenda? If not, is there a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? The agenda is approved. We will move to uh, announcements and introductions and we'll start tonight with our sheriff's report which is going to focus on cybercrime and I identity theft and I believe we have a, uh, a video presentation as well or a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, Mr. Mayor and members of the council I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to speak on the subject. Cybercrime uh, is rapidly growing. Uh, I think that we see it on the news media all the time. The, the federal government's been chasing it down and so forth, and it's, a, it's an issue that, uh, that really, it, it really has to be addressed. Um, I've got some slides. Yeah. Um, as I said, cybercrime is, is, is rapidly growing. We see it every day on the, uh, on the news, and those types of, uh, those types of reports are alarming. Uh, cybercrime doesn't only affect us locally. Uh, it affects our economy. It affects our, our business community, uh, and it actually has an effect on national security. Everything is computerized now, and as a result of that, we've got to pay. We've, we as a society have to start paying more and more attention to it. Uh, the problem is that there's a very rapid growth in the technology, and the technology's gotten way ahead of security. And as a result of that, uh, it's, it's difficult for the government to keep up with it. Uh, money has to be set aside and so forth for you know, training and the purchase of equipment. That's probably going to take some uh, legislative maneuvering at the state and federal government level. Uh, the federal government does a very good job with the big things, uh, the, the, uh, the homeland security issues and so forth. There's a, uh, uh, an underground website called the Silk Road that was recently taken down by the federal government. On October 1st, uh, they arrested the, uh, uh, the suspect who was actually running the whole thing out of an uh, apartment in San Francisco. The Silk Road was basically a black market uh, Craigslist. That's what it was for. You could buy just about anything you wanted in the way of narcotics on that website. And it was run in an area of the Internet that most of us aren't, aren't used to. And so, like I said, the federal government's doing a very, a very good job with, with staying on top of it at, at the larger levels. Uh, but when the, golden, when the gold in the golden years of a senior gets taken away, uh, it hits people a little bit harder and I think uh, probably has a, a greater impact on that individual than, say, a company that loses a great deal of money. And as a result of that, local law enforcement needs to be able to step it up and start doing uh, further investigations to be able to prove the ripoffs when it comes to identity theft and, and, and cybercrime, those types of things. There's many more devices on the street now, and as a result of that, there's more criminals that are using them. And... Uh, it's more and more difficult to train people because of the advances in technology. Uh, the types of crimes that we're talking about here are the hacking, the hacking uh, cases, the intrusions into uh, you know, company computers, home computers, your cell phone, which is a computer. Uh, identity theft, that's been around for a long time. We've heard about it for a long time. Uh, but when people's bank accounts get emptied out and the, the contents get moved to a, a country in which the United States has no treaty with, it's kind of difficult to recover the funds. Uh, and it, it, it's a problem. Uh, corporate espionage. 
intellectual property. I'm sure that there's people here in your city that uh, have some, some concerns about that. Uh, medical identity theft, this is something that uh, uh, as a result of the uh, electronic files that are now being kept as, uh, you know, on our medical records and so forth, if somebody finds an insurance card and uses it, they go in and they make, uh, make statements to doctors that can put changes and so forth. We recommend that people check with their physician every year when they're answering those questions, that they find out, uh, you know, what, what's a list of my doctor's appointments uh, when you look at that and say, hey, there's a doctor's appointment in Las Vegas, I haven't been to Las Vegas this year, there's, there may be a problem. Um, cyber ransom, this is something that's new, crypto locker malware. Uh, it's used by hackers, they'll, they'll uh, uh, set that into, uh, into a business computer, encrypt all of the uh, client lists, the business software and so forth in a manner that nobody can unlock it and then call and say, hey, uh, you need to send $5,000 to this bank account uh, or you're never going to get back into your computer. Uh, there are some steps that can be taken uh, to, to prevent that problem, uh, and, and these are things that we're looking at. And there's also the child exploitation, even adult exploitation that takes place on the Internet. Uh, the basics are, are, are real simple. We need, we need to let people know that they need to secure their networks. Uh, your home network, your cell phone, they're all part of your, your cybersecurity, and it, it's only as good as a weakest link. Uh, loose media such as flash drives and SD drives from cameras and so forth, uh, they can be a hazard, and if anybody were to find one, we don't want them putting it into their computer or their business computer because it could have malware on it. You don't know where it came from. And in fact, one of the largest hacks ever done was done just that way. The, the, uh, the hackers put, uh, put a bot malware onto flash drives, threw them over the fence into a, into a parking lot where the uh, employees parked. They picked those things up and with good intentions put those in to find out who those flash drives belong to, and they actually wound up uploading the, uh, the bots for the hackers, it was the employees that uploaded it. Um, software updates and antivirus software, every computer should have one, every cell phone should have one. A cell phone is a computer. And in fact, the, the, the smartphones that we're carrying around today have thousands times the power of the entire room of computers that landed Neil Armstrong on the moon. Uh, it's, it's, it's that, there's that much difference, and it's a computer, it's not a telephone, it's actually a computer. Um, and your telephone Wi-Fi, uh, if, if you don't have your settings set up properly, that can create problems as well, and we recommend that people turn their Wi-Fi off when they leave their home network and turn it back on when they get to their business network so that uh, hackers can't get into it while you're driving down the street, and that, that has happened. Home networks need to be secured. Uh, your your uh, network name that you see on your computer, that's your SSID, your service set identifier. Uh, it needs to be changed from the default Linksys, Netgear, whatever the brand name happens to be, and the administrative password needs to be changed. If a hacker's driving down the street and they see the brand name, then there's a good chance that the default settings haven't been changed, and as a result of that, it's very easy for them to get into the router and take control of all the computers that are attached to it. Uh, you want to change all the default settings, make sure that you're utilizing a good, strong password that has uppercase, lowercase, uh, all the things that we've heard, and you want to make sure that it's encrypted, that it's actually an encrypted uh, password. A MAC address filtering can also be used. Um, MAC address is basically the thumbprint of the electronic device. You can actually program your router not to talk to any computers except those that are listed in the MAC address filtering. Uh, this time of year, the holidays, the phishing, uh, everybody's heard that term. I'll explain that real quick. Phishing is simply an email that has a link in it that the hacker is hoping that someone will click in so that they can obtain more information from that individual or get into their computer. And right now, during this time of year, this is what we see. We all have packages being shipped. 
Uh, you'll, you get an email from one of the major carriers that looks real, but what it is, and it, in fact, it probably was a real email at one time and it's been changed up, but the links have all been redirected to the hacker. So if I'm the hacker, you click on that link, you are sending a, a, a direct request to my computer, my hacker computer, asking me to send you malware or asking, you to send, asking me to send you a form for you to fill out so that I can obtain email passwords, banking information, that sort of thing. Um, or the tracking number for your package so that I know when it's going to be delivered so that I can go get it off the, off the porch when somebody's not home, those types of things. Uh, spear phishing is targeted, targeted towards a, a company or organization where they only send that email to uh, the employees and what we call harpooning and whaling. That's where they're going after the executives and CEOs, that, side, that type of thing. Um, child safety, uh, we like to discuss this as well. I spoke a little bit about the, com uh, about the cell phone being a computer. When we hand a smartphone to a child, we have to remember that that cell phone is, in fact, a computer. It has every bit the capability of the desktop computer that might be sitting in the house. And you have to ask yourself, would I let my child have a computer in their bedroom without supervision? If the answer is no, then you probably need to make sure that you've got some parental controls on that cell phone because it's not really a cell phone. It's a computer, like I said. And all cell phones need to have antivirus software just like any other computer. Uh, and it is available out there. Um, online surfing can be a problem for kids because, you know, they get out and about with these things and information can be solicited without them even realizing that they're, that they're giving that information up. Uh, social media as well. Um, we talk about uh, the social media websites and so forth and the metadata that gets attached to pictures. Uh, most, of the, most of the social media websites have done a good job of putting metadata scrubbers on there and I'll explain what that is. All computer files have a metadata attachment. It's a portion of the file that tells you about the file, the date the file was created, the, the, the last time that it was, uh, it was uh, opened up or altered. And if it's, a, if it's a photograph, it has oftentimes the GPS coordinates uh, of where the picture was taken and the time. So. If, if, if an electronic photograph is emailed or texted to somebody and so forth and the metadata is accessible, this next slide here shows basically what happens. Utilizing software that's free, you can download it off the internet for free. You take that picture, you open up the metadata, and this is what you get. The picture that's on the screen, the red dot on the map, they're synonymous. That picture was taken where that red dot is. And that can be taken from a photograph. Our concern is, you know, kids having a slumber party, soccer team, those types of things, those photographs are being taken. Uh, and we need to get the word out to the public. And that's, uh, I'm here to let you know that uh, the sheriff and uh, our chief, the chief of the detectives, Bill McSweeney, have made me available uh, to do presentations 30 to 45 minutes for civic organizations, private business groups, uh, wherever I can, PTA meetings, so that we can get parents informed, get the public informed about the problem, in hopes that we can get folks educated so that we can curb the problem and bring the incident level down. Uh, in, in investigating these, we've got a crew, a very, very highly skilled crew of detectives. The problem is the case overload is there. Uh, we have a cyber newsletter. If uh, anybody uh, would like the public to know that if they'd like to uh, uh, get a copy of that or get onto the mailing list, they can send an email with just their name. Uh, we'll have their email address because they emailed it to us to cyber at lasd.org and uh, we'll add them to the, uh, to the list. Uh, I can also be reached at 562 347-2602. Any questions for the council? Thank you. Introduce yourself again. I'm not sure you're mentioning your name. Lieutenant Mark Stevens, and I'm with the, the uh, Commercial Crimes Fraud and Cybercrime Bureau. Thank you so much. Or do, are there any questions from the uh, council? 
Yes, I, I have two Allen. quick questions regarding passwords. You said that passwords should be encrypted. What does that mean? Okay, encryption, encryption is basically, uh, it's an algorithm that's used to scramble, to scramble information. If I were to open up that file, I'm looking at gobbledygook. It's gonna be, you know, one star or whatever. Uh, your password needs to be strong and then, and then encrypted. And in your home router or on any wireless network, uh, there's encryption methods that you can utilize. Uh, and they're, they're very simple. It's, it's simple to do it. The instructions are come with the router. Uh, but what it does is it takes your, say, passphrase. Like, let's say, uh, I like large dogs is your passphrase, okay, and, and some numbers thrown in there and so forth. You mix it up so that, first of all, it's not separate words. It's all one run-on mm -hmm. password that there's capital and lowercase letters, and then replace some of those letters. A's use an at sign for, for one, an I might have a, uh, an exclamation point, that sort of thing, so that it can't be run against the dictionary because there's electronic dictionaries and hackers will run the dictionary if they really want to get in. Now, if you're not a target, probably don't have to be as big a deal, but if you're uh, a CEO, say, of a major corporation, that could be very important. And if you're transporting files back and forth from home to work on a flash drive, you're plugging that flash drive into your home network. It needs to have uh, a security measures that are the same as the ones that you would have for your company so that you can't infect the computers. And then my only other question is, how often should we change our passwords? Monthly. I recommend monthly. And every password should be different. That's another issue. For instance, if I send you a phishing email, and I get, I, I, I get you to send me your email address and your password, and you're, you use the same password for everything, I go into your email, I change your password to your email so you can't get in, change all of the challenge question answers so that you can't challenge them, which means now you're going to have to get on the phone and call the company or whatever, send them an email, and it might take two or three days. I've got control over your email. I can start going through there and look to see where you bank, <laughs> what, what, what companies you do business with, have you placed any orders lately with uh, companies, uh, you know, do you have a TV set being shipped to your house next week, those types of things. And if I know what bank you're with and you use the same password, now I'm in your bank account. So it's important to have a different password for each one of your accounts as well. Thank you. For some of us, it takes longer than a month to remember the yes. password. <laughs> There are solutions for that. One is come up with passwords that you, you can create your own shorthand. For instance, if your dog is named Sam, on your, on your crib sheet of passwords, dog, you know your dog's name is Sam, but most other people won't, and you have two or three that are there. So, you know, you could, you could put uh, um, teacher. Okay, I know, that's, that's my third grade teacher. That's the name I'm going to use. That sort of thing. It would be very difficult, even if somebody found that piece of paper, to figure out what you're talking about because you're really the only one that understands it. So you can keep a cheat sheet. You just don't want to write out what those, what those passwords are. So if you lose it, it's not that big a deal. Just make sure you have a copy someplace at home. So if you do lose it, <laughs> otherwise you'll spend hours trying to, trying to uh, redo all your passwords. Any other questions? Thank you Thank again. You. Captain, you. I see our Captain Pat Daverns here. Did you want to make an introduction while you're here? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, Council. Uh, we have a new lieutenant. Uh, he'll be assigned to the city of Calabasas. And I believe I am very lucky in the uh, city and the station's lucky to have this person. 29-year veteran from our Emergency Operations Bureau, Mike Williams.
Thank, Thank you. you. Well, welcome. We look forward to working with you. And Captain, please, our best wishes to all of the, uh, all the deputies and staff at the Lost Hill Station. We appreciate very much all your great work throughout the whole year. And uh, one of the announcements I was going to make tonight was about uh, Calabasas being ranked number 13 in the states, in the safe, safest city. And a lot of that is because of the great work of the Sheriff's Department. So thank you very, very much. Okay, announcements and introductions from the council, and we'll start with Councilwoman Martin. I have none, just uh, happy holidays and uh, be safe. Thank you. Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Thank you. Uh, I'll just say it's been a very busy, busy month so far. A number of us were at the Agur Hills reorganization. Uh, City Council reorganization. Last night was the Las Virgenes Unified School District celebration of uh, two careers, two uh, board members, Dave Mormon and Gordon Whitehead, who stepped down, who have done a great service for our community and our schools, and a celebration of the three new, two new board members and one reelected, Leslie Stein, Angela Cupbill, and Dallas, our own Dallas Lawrence from Calabasas, and I. Uh, would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention the new president of the reorganization is uh, our own uh, mayor's wife, Joe Gaines. So congratulations to you. Thanksgiving uh, event put on yearly by Rotary, the Rotary of Calabasas is an amazing event. They served over 500 seniors at the Sagebrush Cantina this year and a number of us were present to do that. That, that is just a privilege and honor. And uh, Rotary provided our city with a certificate of appreciation I will give to Mr. Mayor on behalf of the council. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll mention tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Calabasas High School, the Performing Arts Education Center is the, our music programs, Calabasas High School's music programs, winter concert. There are some tickets still available. It's a, a great event. It's all the uh, choirs and and uh, orchestra and jazz bands. And last but not least, this Saturday at 9 to 10.30 a.m., I believe, at the Calabasas Swim and Tennis Center is Breakfast with Santa. Uh, and I don't know if our mayor is going to be Santa this year or not, but I know we'll have, have one there, and that's uh, tickets are available as well. Happy and healthy and safe holidays to everyone. Councilman Bazajian. Uh, wanted to remind everybody that today is the 14th anniversary of the Agora Hills Calabasas Community Center and uh, we had a celebration over there and the community center was open free of charge all day and continues to be. Uh, on November 17th I want to thank everybody who participated in celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Amundsen Ranch acquisition which took place on site at Amundsen and it was a great celebration all the communities and cities got together and, and hosted it and a special thank you goes to Ventura County Supervisor Linda Parks who was spearheaded the uh, the party um, and finally uh, we have the Calabasas recreation brochure for winter 2014 it looks like this by now you should have had it if you're uh, live in the city of Calabasas you should have had it mailed to your home there are extra copies available at municipal facilities they contain all the information about the various things going on around in and around Calabasas. Thank you. Councilman Maurer. I just wanted to also point out our new 
quarterly recreational brochure and give a shout out to one of our staff members, Jason Meyer, who illustrates the cover each year or each quarter and they're always striking. And in addition to listing a wealth of recreational and social programs, you'll find some other interesting things going on in the city, particularly the mayor's address that is coming up January 15th. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone you. is invited. And we're also, the city has a new app to report issues, a crack on the sidewalk, a pothole, etc. And that's information you can also find in this new brochure that just came out. Great work, Jason. Okay, well thank you. Happy holidays to, uh, to everyone. Much more important than who is the president of the Las Virgenes School Board is the fact that the Las Virgenes Unified Schools were uh, found to be in the top 2% of all schools in the United States and Canada on the AP District Honor Roll in terms of advanced placement testing. It's just every month there are additional accolades to our school district and we're so pleased um, uh, to have them as part of our community and the great work that they're doing with our students. Um, it is, uh, tomorrow morning is our Chamber of Commerce holiday breakfast. I hope you'll join us. Uh, after, right after here, you might as well just head right over to the Calabasas <laughs> Country Club for uh, yeah. the Chamber breakfast at, uh, starting at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. And even more important than that is to remember to shop Calabasas during the holidays. We, uh, you're going to be doing some shopping. Fantastic. Let's do a lot of it in Calabasas. Uh, support our local businesses and send a uh, few cents of uh, those purchases over to the city for uh, our great programs like the ones in the brochure that uh, Councilwoman Maurer just showed you. Football season is over and Calabasas High School basketball is in full swing. They're already ranked in the top 25 all of Southern California. They're going to be having their first home basketball game a week from Friday on the 20th, 7 o'clock at Calabasas High School and uh, they are an outstanding team. Several of the players already have Division I uh, basketball offers. They're favored, I hate being favored, but they're favored to win the Marmonte League, <laughs> and it would be great to see everybody get out and support the Calabasas High Boys basketball team. Um, on a little bit different of a note, this, uh, this week is one year since the, uh, Sandy, the shootings at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. I ask everyone to think back to that day and uh, watching the news thinking about what are we going to do? How, how many more of these are we going to watch before we take some action? And here we are a year later, probably haven't taken much action, except that we've had an incident, another shooting incident involving even our local teacher at Calabasas High School who was shot at LAX. Um, uh, Mayor, prior, former Mayor Maurer and I have joined a group called Mayors Against Illegal Guns. We have taken some positions on this, and this Saturday there's going to be a rally in Westlake, the corner of Westlake and Thousand Oaks Boulevard, to um, uh, bring these issues again to light. And I ask people to take, uh, pay some attention to that and maybe visit the website for mayors against illegal guns. Um, we did have a, uh, a horrible accident in Calabasas this last weekend where a uh, bicyclist uh, lost their life on, on Mohan Highway. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family of the deceased and uh, we will uh, be taking a careful look at the investigative report that's being put together by the Sheriff's Department as soon as that is available. Uh, and finally tonight we will be uh, adjourning at the end of the meeting uh, in memory of Marvin Shapiro, David's uncle. Many of you will remember him. He was here to swear David in earlier this year. 
succumbed to cancer. Uh, absolute wonderful man, a leader in the in the bar, uh, and um, we'll talk a little more about him at the end of the meeting when we adjourn. And I'm also going to ask uh, the council to adjourn tonight in uh, in memory of Nelson Mandela, who has provided such a great uh, example of leadership for all of us, and uh, truly a great man. Uh, with that, we will move to oral communications and public comment. Uh, this is a time when uh, people can address the council on any item that is not on tonight's agenda. I have several cards. If you have not handed in a card and would like to speak, please fill out a card. They're located in the back of the room and hand it to the city clerk. But I do have several cards, and we will start with uh, the speaker is A.C. Stell Middle School. I know the entire school is not here, but I know we have um, uh, principal Dr. Mike Williams is here. Assistant Principal Liberty Logan, and our beloved uh, plant manager, Mauricio Serrano, who's here. And uh, I guess you're coming up together? Okay. AC Stell, go Eagles. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, uh, City Council members. My name is Mauricio Serrano, and I'm the plant manager over AC Stell. And I got the privilege to introduce Dr. Michael Williams, the new principal over AC Stell, and Mrs. Liberty Logan. So here they are. We just wanted to come over and say uh, say hi uh, to the city uh, council members um, and uh, welcome uh, my assistant principal, Liberty Logan, and also say thank you so much for your support um, financially uh, for all the um, support that you provide AC Stell that we use those funds uh, to continue to better student improvement, to better student learning, uh, to better a, a great facility. Um, AC Stell is, is a beacon uh, that's out there in the United States as a, as a high-performing uh, school and will continue to do that. I wanted to also tell you that uh, the teachers continue to work hard for each and every one of the family members in the, in the community and they, they wholeheartedly support everything that, uh, that goes on here. So thank you again for all, all that you do and uh, we just wanted to get together and work together as a community. So thank you. I just want to echo his sentiment. Thank you so much for your support. We're very happy to be part of the Calabasas community and Calabasas family as we lead AC Stell into the new 21st century and Common Core curriculum. So thank you very much. And I just want to say thank you to, he's not here tonight, but just Ruben. He's really awesome. He, the support that we got from him, it's amazing. Uh, Marty Hall and his staff, they are tremendous support. So. Thank you so much. Well, thank you all very much for coming. Dr. Williams is the new principal at, uh, still the second principal in the history of, of AC Stell, and welcome. Things seem to be off to a very uh, smooth start with under, under your leadership. And I can always, I can see already your wisdom to bring Mauricio as, as yeah, your, to, to lead off, because you might as well start with the most beloved figure uh, at, uh, uh, at AC Stell, someone who many of our families, I know several of us have had uh, uh, children at, at, at AC Stell, and uh, uh, he's, runs the ship. And he is, uh, he's someone that we treasure very, very deeply here in our Calabas community. But thank you for all that, yes. that you do. Uh, over the last month, I have visited all of the PFCs, all five of our local schools, including at uh, AC Stell, just to follow up on our um, grant program and also to, to talk about other issues related between the schools and the city and we treasure the relationship and and the great work you're doing it at, at uh, 
uh, with our kids. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Have a good evening. Any other comments from the council? I just wanted to welcome you also. My three sons graduated from AC Stell. It's a terrific school. Great. Good luck to you. Mm -hmm. Go Eagles. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's great Appreciate to see you. It. Have a good Thank evening. You. Our next speaker will be Karen Foley, mother of our city. <laughs> Honorable Mayor, members of the City Council, I'd like to invite you and your families to a special Calabasas Library holiday event for all ages, Saturday, December 21st at 2 p.m. It's a movie that was featured at our, one of our local theaters, the AMC in Woodland Hills at the California Museum of Science, and had a wonderful run at the New York Museum of Natural History. It's about orangutans and elephants in Borneo that were rescued, orphaned creatures, rehabilitated, and then sent back out to live with their group in the wild. It was narrated by Academy Award winner Morgan Friedman. And it was written and produced by a local family whose son graduated Calabasas High School and is going to be uh, featured an anthropologist, Patrick Foley, who worked with the writer and producer, who will have a question and answer period after the movie. It's free, open to the public, and it starts at 2 p.m. Prior to that, at 12 noon, for the children at the library, there'll be a cookie decorating, and the children will be allowed to bring their cookies to the movies. So don't forget, it's one time only, a movie, special event on Saturday, December 21st at the Calabasas Library. For your convenience, I will be leaving these on the bench outside and the rest of them in the kiosk. And if there's any additional questions, kindly call the library. Thank you very much. What, what was the name? What, I'm the sorry? Name of the the name of the movie? What was the name of the movie? The name of the movie. We don't yet have permission from the studio. It's a major, major studio. Huh? Oh my goodness. Major studio. Uh, if you this really want huge. to know, you can call the library. The library can publicize the name, but I cannot publicize it outside of the library. So this is so big, the TMZ truck might actually move from in front of it's the Oaks big. all the way over here to figure out what's going on. It was considered, it wasn't on the short list, but it was under consideration for the Documentary Academy Award. And it is documentary length of 45 minutes. So the small children will not lose their patience. And they'll love to see it. The animals are magnificent. The story is very heartbreaking. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Karen, former founding city council member, former mayor, fellow library commissioner, on and on and on and still going. We really appreciate it. Thank you for everything. All right, our next um, speaker is Sarah, Sar is it Saria Craft? Saria, I'm sorry, Saria Craft, please welcome. Good evening, uh, Mayor Gaines, members of the city council. Uh, do I have three minutes? Yes, you do. Okay. Um, I live on Park Jasmine, and I thought I would come here this evening before you uh, wearing a, a proper suit, 
uh, and pantyhose and with typed notes instead of wearing jeans and a bottle of Ben Gay. But here I am. I also thought that I would be accompanied by 30 to 35 members of the Las Villas Homeowners Association, but I don't believe that any are here this evening. Um, I'm here to ask you, um, this summer I came back from uh, Dublin visiting my daughter to look at the Park Sorrento roundabout projects. And the kindest thing that I could say about the Park Sorrento roundabouts is that it was an ill-conceived project. Um, six months, I imagine, have gone by. I imagine, I also know that a number of the council members and city staffers have received emails uh, with regard to this project. Uh, I'm here for two reasons. One is to see if we could really get a firm commitment for the first meeting of February to revisit the project. I'm also here to beg you uh, to have some sort of town meeting, probably two, the third week in, June, in January and the fourth week in January. Why a town meeting? Because I don't think any of you is really truly aware of the strife that's going on in the Las Villas Homeowners Association. Um, you know, all year you've got, they're not, we're not dealing with Ross Morgan, who is a very responsive, communicative management company. We're dealing with uh, the head of a management company who's illness and she's out on, she's been in the hospitalized and the president of a homeowners association whose wife has a catastrophic illness for five, six months. You're dealing with a flatlined, non-responsive, uncommunicative homeowners association. So I don't doubt for a minute that the city has done its due diligence and made its minimum requirement with regard to notification to the residents about this project. But please, please be sensitive to this particular homeowner association, the age. I'm 58 years old. If there are three people who are in the entire HOA who are younger than I, I'd be shocked. I mean, we're talking about people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we need, hire a kid from Calabasas High School. I'm sorry, I, you know, my husband's 92, so I don't mean any, he's 92 years old. Get a guy, get a kid from Calabasas High School, blanket all the doors. I, I, we need more notification, we need a voice, and I'm not communicating this well enough, but that's what I'm asking you for, for a town hall meeting, uh, between our HOA and some representatives of the council or staff to discuss the roundabouts. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And, and part of the council action was to have it come back for review after, I believe it was six months. Yes, it's due probably around that time period. Right. So we will, will be, be doing that and we will be uh, in contact uh, now that we have your card with you and others and, and make sure notice gets out for that meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Ian Kirby. Mr. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, members of the council. Um, my name again is Ian Kirby. This is my wife, Dr. Sherilyn Johnson. This is Seth Ellis. And we represent uh, a new local company called Exer More Than Urgent Care. As you can tell from our name, we're in urgent care. 
up at the uh, summit in, in Calabasas, right off the Lost Hills Road exit from the 101. Um, but also from our name, we do a little bit more than urgent care. And I'll let Dr. Johnson and Seth tell everyone here uh, maybe a little bit more of those details. Um, but a couple quick facts. We're open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. We're uh, staffed by emergency medicine doctors all the time. Same doctors you're going to find at big hospitals work with us and for us. Um, and so you're going to get a great level of care when you come to us. Um, and a lot of people, especially with all the changes in healthcare, a lot of people just don't know how to use their healthcare system at all, whether it's their main doctor, whether it's the hospital. Um, we find that when people come to us, they usually leave with the lesson of, if I need uh, to go, if I need an ambulance, I need to go to the hospital. If I need anything less that doesn't require an ambulance, I can go to Exer. Well, see, he stole all my good stuff. So he, he gave you the, the most of it. But my name is Dr. Sherilyn Johnson. I'm an ER doctor. I trained at USC. I uh, went to work at Cedars, and I found about 70% of what I was seeing in the hospital ER weren't the people weren't actually using the services of the hospital. I think they didn't have anywhere else to go. It's nights, it's weekends, you need a little bit, you know, more diagnostics, that kind of thing. So I opened the first clinic in Beverly Hills in 2007 and worked on it for about five years, really paying attention to customer service, the quality of the care, and making, you know, something affordable. Um, and then it was time to expand, and we fell in love with Calabasas. We were looking for the next site and really fell in love with the community and opened in May um, out at the summit. And uh, so our goal tonight was just to introduce you to us and let you know a little about the clinic. We have x-ray and ultrasound in a lab, splinting and laceration room. We do a bunch of IV medications and whatnot. Um, our first month open, we had a, a family from Calabasas run in with a seizing baby. Um, she'd been seizing for about 20 minutes. It was really scary, but we were so happy to be there. We ended up airlifting the child to UCLA. But you know, we're just here, and, and we're here for any of your non-life-threatening things. But if we're problem solvers, so if people need help, we're glad that we can be here to service you. I think that's it. I didn't give you any time. <laughs> well, th thank you very much. Yeah. It, welcome to Calabasas. We also are in love in Cal with Calabasas. Yes. And Fabulous. it is absolutely wonderful to have you here, not only as a new business, but uh, medical services was something that came up in our uh, in our general plan revision, something that we need that that we need in Calabasas, and so we're so happy that you uh, that 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 uh, that you're here and that that you've come here, and and I hope that people will take a look. It's a beautiful facility in this in the summit, so that's the shopping center where Wolf Creek is, uh, and the new Irwan, former Maddie's Market, now Irwan Market. Uh, you're right there in the middle, and. Um, uh, I hope people will come by and take a look and, and that you're very, very successful there. So thank you, and we yeah. look forward to, to working with you. It seems like the bench is the place to leave information outside. Is that a good right back here? Is that a better place? We've got some well, folders that, that have a little bit more information. We've also got bandage tins in case anyone gets a paper cut. <laughs> is this a good place to leave it? Someone no. can take it? Well, it goes in the anyone? kiosk. If, if you leave it, uh, it's, it's, we can't. You know what? If you leave it right here, we'll we'll take care of it and get it to the right place. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. So don't hurt yourself moving it around. <laughs> All right. The last card I have. If there's anyone else who wants to speak, please fill out a card and give it to the city clerk. Is Neil Tickton. Welcome, Neil. And Neil has his bodyguard with him. I do. From the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that's saying much. Um, 
Mr. Mayor, Council members, and uh, members of the audience. Uh, you know Director Steinhardt from uh, the Water District. My name is Neil Tickton. I live in Westlake Village. You may also know me as the guy behind Westlake Revelations and assorted other community activities that I've done. What you may not know is I'm also an award-winning journalist. I'm here tonight to talk to you about the infamous water tank. Um, Los Virginists would like you to believe that this is a NIMBY issue restricted just to Westlake and to Three Springs, but it is not. It affects each of you and every household in the water district. How each of you individually that live in this district are going to be paying $455 for this tank. Every single household, uh, and it'll be more if the price goes up. The district will tell you that the money is already collected. This is true. Uh, through past charges, some would say overcharges, uh, they have the cash. What they don't tell you is that the city is that, is that the cash can instead be used for things like rate reductions, other projects, conservation, the EPA standards, things along those lines. One way or another, you're going to be paying for this tank with future rate increases. You may not know this, but in the beginning, I was personally in favor of the tank. I heard a number of justifications that seemed quite reasonable. Uh, that is, until I started to ask questions, those answers made no sense and contradicted each other. The district clearly expected people to just trust them and take their word for it. At one point, I proposed a contest for a tank alternative uh, that the water district would run. They did do a contest, but it was a sham. The best alternative to a tank was a tank. We all try to make informed decisions. So in late uh, 2011, I uh, had asked the district, what is the likelihood of needing this tank? And they never answered. So finally, directors uh, Poland and, and Steinhardt were able to request a probability study but a couple of meetings later, uh, Director Caspery realized what a probability study would show, and he unilaterally disbanded the committee and killed the chances for an analysis. This is all on video. It's easy for you to see. You don't have to take my word for it. Since the district chose to not do a probability study, I uh, decided to go ahead and try to do sort of a back-of-the-napkin version myself. Uh, it turns out that given their, the things that they tell us is the reasoning, there is a one-third of 1% 1 chance that in the next 30 years we would need this tank. That's one in 350 over a 30-year period. Even if there is a need for it, there is a plan B. Clearly there's a transparency issue with the district. There's a lack of it there. Even better, Director Steinhardt at one point uh, did a surprise visit to the filtration plant in Westlake Village and found many of the quote-unquote facts that talked about the district being on the ragged edge turned out not to be the case at all. If you haven't heard, recently Louis Masry has now joined the discussion. Uh, last board meeting, he asked the, direct, the district to pause. Why? Because the committee is not informed and uh, some people feel, feel that uh, the committee should vote on it. Aside from not needing the tank, there are other viable options that uh, uh, need investigation, but the district doesn't really want to look at it at this point. Uh, there's even new alternatives that have recently come to light and apparently were known by the district and some of the board members of the district, but never said anything. So very quickly, in conclusion, why do I tell you all this? They're probably going to vote on it next month. We want you to know what's going to go on in your city with you personally and your residents. And it's, while it's not normal for a city to get involved with a special district, if not uh, you, then who? Um, and so I believe you're going to hear from your residents. And we're here to answer any questions you may have. Thank you very much. Thank you, Director Barry Steinhardt from the Water District is here. Welcome. Neil, thank you very much. Neil, what's your daughter's name? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron Tickton. I saw Godspell at, uh, in the Black Box Theater at Agoura High School. And Aaron, she was fabulous. She's really Thank incredible you. singer. Uh, blown away. Little teeny thing with a huge voice. And to follow Congratulations, along your, your Calabasas fashion in here, tickets still are available, although they sell out, I think, uh, Friday night and Saturday night, I think they're sold out. But uh, it was a great show. Right. Thank you Congratulations for Congratulations. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you. All right. I have no further cards. Uh, so we will move on with the agenda. 
and we are on our consent items. Uh, and are any members want to pull any items off of the consent agenda? These are items number one, one, two, three, and four. I have a question about one. About item one? It's a quick question. All right. On the, do you want to pull it off or you want to just quickly Can ask? I just get my question answered. Go ahead. Um, with regard to the paragraph uh, announcing the city attorney vote in closed session, was this not going to come back for a vote in open session as well? I thought it had to. Mr. Mayor, members of council, reporting out of closed session publicly well, what the council's vote is complies with the Brown Act. If the council would like to have, to have it actually put on the agenda and do it again, that's certainly fine as well. But you complied with the Brown Act once you reported out and we reported what the vote was. Because we didn't report uh, any of the details of that or anything like that. I, and the public, I guess, had an opportunity to say something if, if they wished to that evening. I'll leave it to the mayor's discretion. In, in the past, we have, but I, I don't care much either way. I just thought I'd mention it just in case there was a need to do it and it was an oversight. Because now is the next meeting since then. The, um, my understanding is that this is a personal matter, was voted on in closed session, was announced in open session. So the action is legal, has taken right. place, and is in effect. Okay. If you wanted to have a put on the agenda for. No. Uh, because I only mentioned a historical precedent or something. I'm, I'm well, it is a historical precedent, that, but, but I, I only want to do it if it's necessary. I just pointed out as a legality, and that's okay. It. No, we did check on that, and that that is uh, appropriate and for that kind of an action. All right, any other questions or comments or items to be pulled off the consent calendar? Number four, number four, you'd like to have pulled? Well, I'm gonna vote no on that, so I don't know if it needs to be pulled in order for me to do that. Um, you want to be recorded separately on the vote on that than others? Yes. Okay, then we'll pull that off. Uh, any other items? All right. Consent items one, two, and three are before us. Is there a motion? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? That's 5-0 on the uh, consent items one, two, and three. Item number four, Do you, uh, are you requesting a staff report? I am not. Okay. Do you want to make any comments? I'm just, um, I think that, uh, you know, constantly um, we hear from the public about uh, the amount of employees that we have and um, the addition and the moving around of some of the responsibilities seems that it's being well taken care of. I've heard nothing that, you know, the, any of our equipment or that anything is lacking and um, so I, I'm against um, the hiring of two part-time people to uh, to help do what obviously is being done and uh, being done well with uh, the employees that we do have. All right, is there any further comment on the item number four? Uh, if I may, yes. I'd just like to add I'm in favor of this. I think it's excellent and I love the fact that we are doing something, uh, we are actively doing something to save almost $60,000 for the city for both the general fund and the library together. So I'm in favor of this. All right, any further comments? I would no also note that this was per the council directive that we consolidate positions and collapse permanent positions to save money. So I'm not really, I don't think it's wasteful at all. Any further and, and we didn't, we didn't nice let someone sorry. go. This was a vacant position. Correct. Any further comments? I, I just wanted to ask the city manager to respond. Now, the reason that, that we're asking for what we're asking is that we have had a huge increase in, uh, in the use of Founders Hall. 
and uh, and they're set up with the savvy seniors and other programs that were in their setup and there's breakdown and we have had numerous complaints of the facilities particularly the bathrooms being uh, not clean in the evenings when we don't have uh, uh, staff and and people are using it so what this allows is a split shift so that we can use uh, one part-time position in the morning to do things another one in the evening we can we can alternate it on weekends and we have and we have a pretty good amount of flexibility on what we're going to use the part-time positions for it is a restructuring we're not we're not replacing uh, the facilities engineer because when we first started this city hall complex we didn't know what what we know now and we thought that a facilities engineer would be required to maintain the physical plant of the Civic Center. We have found out that, that we can do that. We still have to maintain it, of course, but we can do that by using uh, John Bingham and, and increasing his responsibilities and also increasing the responsibilities of our uh, superintendent here, Armando. But what that now leaves is that we, we, we do still have work to do in the, in the Civic Center. We do still have setups to do in Founders Hall. And uh, I think it's an economical way to, to get better service uh, that we need to, to do what we do. And just to clarify, this is not a new position, it, either one. It, it's not it's, a new, right. And I appreciate the creative, flexible problem solving. And, and I do as well. This is exactly what we ask our city manager and our department managers to do, which is look for efficiencies and do it in the way that we like to do it. We're not letting I, anyone go or firing anyone, but as these opportunities come forward, we're able to restructure uh, and, and accommodate. You know, our Civic Center is now a little over five years old. We went into it wanting to manage it uh, and make sure everything was in place. We now have better knowledge of how that works, and this fits along with that. So um, I'm fully in support of the recommendation and appreciate I the recommendation forward. coming forward. Second. Uh, it's been moved and seconded. Yeah. Item number four. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Nay. The vote is four to one. The item passes. We are now on to our special presentation. Um, excuse me. Mayor, could we, um, the, um, the appointment for the Public Safety oh, Commission. Oh, I'm sorry. You're Campbell absolutely right. We could just introduce you. And I should have asked that. Is Neil Campbell here? Mr. Oh, Campbell, first of all, welcome. And thank you very much for stepping forward to volunteer for our uh, Public Safety Commission. You were very unceremoniously unanimously approved a few minutes ago. Um, and uh, welcome, and, and we'd love to have a few words from you, uh, a little about you. I've, I've heard wonderful things we've never met before, but um, uh, welcome and thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm a pleasure to be here tonight. Uh, my wife and I have been residents of Calabasas for over 10 years. Um, you know, and I bring an MBA and a master's in project management um, to the table to help out with some of the projects and some of the problem solving. Um, I've been on my, uh, as a board member on my HOA uh, for quite a long time, and I have former experience in, in Simi Valley as a neighborhood councilman there uh, for neighborhood number one, so I'm, I'm glad to help out. Well, thank you very much. Public safety is the, of the utmost importance to our community. We're very fortunate to, to live in an area with a high level of public safety, but it takes vigilance and, and uh, uh, we appreciate your eyes on that and working with us, making recommendations to us on those issues. Thank you. Thank for you very, very much. And I did want to point out, uh, I had the pleasure of working with uh, his wife, Carolyn, for many years. She was a, worked in the city of Calabasas in the media operations department. And she's here as well. And it's nice to see her back in City Hall. Welcome. All right. Thank Welcome. you very much. 
Neil, thank you so much. Okay, and thank you, Lucy, for reminding me of that. And we now will move on to our special presentation regarding the Calabasas Film Festival. This is gonna be an entire film festival of untitled works where the titles are secret and no one's allowed to know what they are. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor, council members. My name is Joe Fries. I think we're gonna get this pitch up here in a second. I'm waiting on it. It's a different uh, slideshow. We'll this get to a different one, yes. it's a top Film festival, top one. Top well, while we're waiting, um, I have been in business here. In fact, I was David's neighbor for, my goodness, well over 10 years. I've been here about 20 years in the Leonis Plaza, right across from Sagebrush. Love the city. I'm a resident. Very happy to be here. And uh, was part of the original uh, film festival only as a, as a member coming and seeing films because I love films. I'm a movie producer. And I'd like to introduce, this is Natalie, my partner, and my associate is my daughter, Kelly. And uh, we are here to present an idea for a new film festival for Calabasas, and a film festival that celebrates Calabasas. And uh, I think we all know the history of Calabasas. It's the last of the Old West, which I think is a wonderful moniker. But it's also a very favorite spot for filming a number of major films have been shot here. It's ideal, the scenic area. We all know some of the typical films, Gone with the Wind, which was shot over here at uh, what used to be Soka. I don't know what it is now. But uh, Tarzan, of course, MASH. Mission Impossible 3, I don't know if you all are familiar with that film, but the entire scene on the, Mission Impossible 3, the entire scene on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge was shot over across the street and uh, they built it and uh, CGI'd the water. I'm from that area originally, so I know. It looked identical. It was almost imperceptible, the difference. But Calabasas is a uniquely positioned city, both in the history of making films as well as the residents that live here. As we all know, a vast portion of the residents are connected in some way to the business. So our concept here is as film producers, we've been here for quite a bit of time. We've gotten to know a lot of the residents. Certainly, we've gotten to know some of the council members. As a background, we've participated in Sundance, Newport, Carmel, uh, American Film Institute. My daughter organized parts of that. And uh, so we, we have a good uh, background in film festivals. We've also had films in film festivals. And uh, so we have kind of a hands-on experience with that. Um, we've also organized celebrity events, so we have a good experience in that arena as well. We also have, we've done studio films, Natalie and I, so we know the studio system, we know people in the studios, we have very strong relationships at the studios as well as the agencies, so we have that connection as well. And again, we've, we've won some awards ourselves, so we're, we're very pleased with that. Again, my name is Joe Fries. I've been a movie producer. I was also one of the original founders of a cable channel which is now known as TLC, but when we built it in the 80s it was called the Learning Channel. And uh, I actually went to a number of cities throughout the country and pitched it as a vehicle for adult education. So I got to be very familiar with what cities want, what the mandate is for their constituents. So I was familiar with that 
uh, particular aspect of it. As I said, my daughter Kelly is a film festival veteran. She worked for the Los Angeles Film Festival. She worked at Sundance. So she knows her way around film festivals. She also was in PR and has worked with celebrity events. Natalie, of course, is my partner. She's done some films with me. We did a film for PBS that won some awards. So we, we have experience as producers. Why do the film festival? I'm going to introduce Natalie to talk in. about that. Hi, everybody. We want to do this film festival because we want to bring the community together. Um, we also want to explore the industry history of Calabasas through the lens of film. We would showcase a film that played a part in utilizing historical locations, the appeal, and the beauty of our wonderful city, Calabasas. We believe that the festival would increase tourist dollars to the local businesses as well as the city and also enhance the knowledge and awareness of Calabasas. Our plan would be to start small, uh, year one, and then each year we would increase with more events, more venues, more Q&As as the years come forward. We are, our goal is to be like the Napa Valley Film Festival. What would we do differently? Um, our plan is that we would do differently is we'd make this Calabasas centric. We would incorporate the residents who work in the business um, in the past and currently. And what we would do is we would host a retrospective night honoring a film that was shot in Calabasas, just like Joe had said, possibly something like Mission Impossible 3. And then we'd invite the cast and the crew to speak, and I think that would be really neat to have Tom Cruise here, <laughs> and we could all ask him questions. Um, we would use social media as a platform to market the film festival, um, and also create interactivity amongst the community. We have a live streaming company called BoxCast that would be willing to broadcast the film festival live, which would be an additional marketing tool and it would also allow more people to see kind of what goes on in Calabasas. What our plan is, is we would make sure to create a very unique and fun film festival that all the local residents, the celebrities, and the industry titans want to be a part of. So we're very excited about this. So now I'm going to turn it over to Kelly, and she would be the point person of the festival. Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm going to go to the next one. Um, some possible venues that we envision using would be the Edwards. Um, we've been in discussions with them, and they're totally on board and excited. We'd like to possibly have a major Hollywood film there. Opening night would probably be, be ideal. The Calabasas High School, I know they have a brand new performing arts center. Um, that would be a great venue for a major art house film release, being that it can hold a lot of people. The motion picture home would be a good fit for throwbacks or retrospective nights, like they said before. Viewpoint and other venues would be ideal for other categories that we have in the programming. Programming. Um, Full-length features, we're looking for about 30 to 35 films. Documentaries, obviously maybe some that Karen had mentioned earlier. Some secret ones would be fun. Um, shorts and student films. Um, I want to incorporate the students at the Calabasas High School to be involved and definitely show their films. Classic and cult films, and then do a television night um, doing past and current films shot here in the beautiful city. As far as lead and anchor sponsors go, we've been in discussions with an automotive brand, a media company, movie studios, and with the commons, they're very excited and energetic and on board with everything. 
As far as the budget goes, we'll definitely submit a preliminary budget, outlining costs, sponsors, staff, and all that good stuff. And of course, we'll form a 501c3 to make all the contributions tax deductible. Uh, we, we would like to target the possible dates of September the 10th through the 14th of 2014 or the 24th to the 28th of 2014. Those are ideal dates. There aren't any competing film festivals, and we're coming off a major film festival in Toronto the first week of September, and we have some familiarity with them, so we could snag a couple of major Hollywood films to debut here. So in summary, we, we think that the town really has a... Uh, a strong industry connection. We would like to exploit that in a very positive way. We think the film festivals should be, again, Calabasas-centric so that we utilize both the people that have worked on films, work with films, work in conjunction with films, as well as films that have been shot here in Calabasas. And again, as, as was indicated, we would start small and build as we go throughout. So we thank you for the opportunity for considering it. We, we certainly would like to to see this happen next year. Well, thank you very much. Let, let me see if the council has any questions or comments okay. on the presentation. Any council members? Um, the, we've had a film festival here before, and I think that there wasn't the will to continue having a film festival. I, on the other hand, am a film buff and would love to see a film festival. However, I would approach it differently. I would. I would like to see if there's consensus to do a film festival that we have an RFP go out and that um, proposals are submitted from interested parties. Well, it's, any, any other questions or comments? This is um, one of the things that you, yeah. you're not asking for any money from right. the city. No, no, correct. we're not asking. Right. So, so it's not a, it's not a question that the city's going to uh, pay money uh, to do this. They just want to do it in the city and want the support of the city. In the in the film festival, so it's it so that that's the difference. Well, uh, again, I, I'm not seeing a, a lot of depth in your presentation. I know you're just an idea we at this point. We don't have the approval to go into any. Depth, that's right, so. and and I'm hesitant to say let's move forward with one group, and because it's hard to turn that around. Again, we've had discussions about this. We've looked at um, the success and failures of the last. For those of you that are newer, we have had extensive debriefing on uh, the last festival. We tried to tweak it over the course of years, and ultimately, uh, the thought was not to do anything. And if we did, to send out an RFP so we could get the strongest team. Organizations that already have 501c3s or already have run film festivals, so that we don't have to start with. Um, lovely individuals with good ideas who I'm sure are very capable but that we would have um, well, if I could, high, the highest quality of applicants possible. I could just make a statement of that. Um, if you're talking about residents of Calabasas, I think that might certainly be a good idea. I think part of the problem was in the past you did not have a Calabasas mindset. And so you had a film festival that was working in the community but not benefiting the community. We're community members. We've been here for quite some time. So as David knows, we, we, uh, our interest is in the community, in utilizing the people that we know in the community, not bringing in some outside situation where it's simply a, a film festival with your name on it. I'm just, I'm just sharing the history with the rest of you that this is not just, you know, you, you bring in people you know to say, 
I have a good idea. This is complicated and there's a long history with it. So, Are there other questions or comments? Just a brief comment. I'll, I'll clarify the comment. I've known you for 18 years. You're, you're trying to be younger than me. But <laughs> I, I try always. It's been a number of years and you're also very modest. I know you won an Academy Award previously for one of the films you did. and and we're nominated for other awards, so you're being very modest. Um, obviously, this is a very rough draft. I'm very aware, even though I was not on council of the prior film festival, uh, extremely well aware of it. And uh, the one thing I am interested in, or I'm appreciative of, is there is no request for any type of funding from the city, which is very different than any prior applicant, I believe, who's come before the council, long before I was on council. Um, I'm ex I am also, as Councilman Maurer is uh, very much interested in the arts, and I would love to see a film festival here. And I certainly, uh, certainly know your work and your abilities, and have no doubt about them. But Thank it's you. up to the rest of the council, obviously. Thank you. Let, well, let me ask, what, what is, what do you see of the role of the city? What are you asking the city, if anything? Um, what, what are, what we'd are like you the support. For? We'd certainly like the, the, the moral support of the city. Mm -hmm. We would certainly ask the city to help us with the venues that the city has a part of, certainly Calabasas High School. Uh, whatever events that we might use the city's good graces for, but we have relationships, you know, at the commons. Um, we, we know these people, so we, we're, we're very familiar with what it takes to put on this event. We don't want to do a big film festival that is bringing in you know, hordes of people from the outside simply to use the venues. We want to start small build. I think we're, we're really more interested in the events than to be an art house film festival. As, as Kelly or, or, or Natalie mentioned, Napa Valley. We want to do studio films, Hollywood films. We'll do art house films, we'll do student films, we'll do, we'll do documentaries, but we want to do major films because that's what fuels the business and that's what fuels the town. So that, that's the difference. I wouldn't call it a, it's not going to be a Sundance. It's going to be an event-based major film, big celebrities, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. not, nothing that you're not familiar with. If I may make uh, the suggestion. Sure. Uh, I, I think that in the past, we, we've had some rough experiences with this, mm -hmm. and that you're probably feeling that in the comments. You know, we have our commissions asking us for things to do. I think the Communications and Technology Commission, perhaps, or maybe even Parks, Recreation, and Education, depending upon where it falls, should look at this more uh, extensively and put in some benchmarks and timelines. That was our real problem last time. Certain things were promised back and forth, and then the deadline would come and it wasn't done, and the city wound up spending a lot of money and resources in, with our internal staff doing the work right. that was represented was going to be done. So, and also there's the issue of putting our name on something, right. not knowing what, what we're going to get out of that. So I would like that uh, a commission to monitor this very carefully and, and set some, some standards so that they can be met and we can move forward. Otherwise, I mean, it's a great concept, but unfortunately we have had a few bad experiences. I would love to see a film festival in, in Calabasas. You, you do an RFP if you're buying something or someone is asking you for money or, you know, but uh, my understanding is no, we're not buying no, anything. We no one's asking us for money. So yeah, I want you to know we're a free and open city. 
You want to have a film festival, you can have a film festival. Yeah. Uh, now, if you want the city to participate in some way, mm -hmm. then uh, you know, then it'll come to the council. We'll need a proposal that'll be specific, and you may have some people who, you know, you may some may feel comfortable, sure. or others won't. Sure. But um, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I think this is a great sketch for 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 what we're talking about we'd love to have it it does make total sense because of the history of the area because sure. of the people who live here um and uh and i think it can be uh you know very very beneficial it, i think uh making this presentation to one of our commission or probably our park and rec commission um they they sort of oversee or give input on major events in the city um i think could would would be helpful um I think you should work with our Chamber of Commerce because sure. uh, I think we're in the same building because <laughs> uh, I think that they'd be uh, uh, very very interested and then you know as soon as you have any details of something you would want from the city to do mm -hmm. uh, uh, then it would be important to get us that as early as possible because if there were concerns about uh, mm -hmm. you know comparing it to other things and so forth they, we'd want to have the, the time to do it sure and um, you know, I think the difference being that we're not asking the city to put up any money. We're not asking the city to lend any services other than their good graces and coordinate with us, you know, for, for all of the elements that we would need. But we have sponsors and we have a fairly good idea of what we want to execute and happy to present it to a commission, happy to get into more detail. But this was the first step. Does Councilmember Can Martin have something to say? Yes. Um, <laughs> Would you like to cap? Yeah. Uh, I also think that it should go to a commission and be looked at and even though you're not asking for money um, like others have you are asking for you know the city of Calabasas to endorse it you are asking for resources you just said of what you're doing um, I think if you you know went and did this uh, with the Commons they're uh, you know a separate entity from us or with the high school that would be separate but you are, even though not financially, you are asking the city for everything else that encompasses um, what you want to do here. Um, and I do know about previous festivals, and I would have to agree with uh, Councilmember Maurer that if we were going to bring a film festival here, we wanted to have one, that we would have to open it up to others that have been here in the past um, and possibly would change and not be seeking financial, but would be seeking the same thing that you're asking. Sure. So I think that it really needs to be looked into and, um, and a commission could get more into detail and everything from you know, what you're asking and what has happened previously. Although I have families that are in the business, so mm, <laughs> um, it wouldn't be a town. negative thing, but you know, there is a history there and you are asking for everything but financial. So. Right. Uh, resources and stuff would actually be financial as opposed to so that would be my opinion all right anyone else have any comments I just I don't want to throw other ideas out I think that an RFP is something that the Commission should look at as well not just one group so that would be my recommendation I think going to a Commission is fine but I do want to hang on to the RFP idea not just but say it's but not it would feasible. be an RFP for what? I mean, there's no, film, no one else. For a film festival. I mean, I, I'm certain there was before we've had people express interest, and um, I think that it would be healthy, a healthy exercise. 
Well, council members, I need direction then, because yeah. I, I have no, I mean, it, go to the commission and have them present the idea is what I would suggest that we do. They've already spoken to me, and, and, and I find no problem with what they're proposing and, and coordinating that. But, I, but the feeling here is that you want to vet it through a commission. That's fine. But right now, as far as city resources are concerned, if it's staff time, uh, it's, it's your prerogative whether you delegate that to me or whether you want to take it on yourselves, whether we use any staff time to support this thing. Uh, but I recommend going to the, have them presented to the commission, come up with uh, a something there, but they're not asking for anything, but they do need to go ahead kind of on, on the dates or something if they're, uh, if, if we're going to do anything. And, and what our point in this thing would be is, is the interface or viewpoint to allow view, we have, I think, 18 days in viewpoint that we can use your screens, but we need to sponsor them and we need to sponsor them at, at the high school if we were going to do that. Th those are the city actions. And if they wanted to throw a reception here in the plaza, mm -hmm. we'd, 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 we'd probably sponsor uh, the use of the plaza at their expense. Short of that, I, I, I think it's, it, that's what they're asking for, right? Right. And I want to make a note, all the vendors and suppliers would be Calabasas businesses. We're not bringing anybody in from Alabama. Yeah, so I am trying to understand, Councilman Mauer, do you want, this was a presentation on this private entity that wants to do a uh, film festival, they haven't asked us for, for anything. Do you want to separately do an art, do you want to have a film festival and do an RFP for a film festival? We had had that in our budget previously, it's not in our budget now. Uh, <clears throat> we haven't had anyone else come and say that they want it, but we could, we could well, agendize whether we want to have a film festival, we could go off on our own to to have a Cal city of Calabasas festival and fund it and, and RFP, you know, have an RFP and, I, I, and do I, that if you, if you, if there's you want two thoughts that. I have. I think there is consensus that a film festival is a good fit. It always, there has always been consensus about that. What concerns me is that should we notify others that we're interested and that we have days at Viewpoint, and we have days at the Calabasas Performing Arts Center, which the public should know and they don't know, I'm certain we could get other very qualified, interested people, which would only, you know, be more creatively stimulating for everyone to have a little competition. We haven't publicized or um, encouraged people to take these days that we have. Obviously, you know about them. And some people are getting to know about them. And I'm publicly telling the, the rest of the people, we have days of, um, and can you please explain what days we have at Viewpoint and at the Performing we Arts Center? Because there must We have an agreement with Viewpoint that they allow, I believe it's 18 uh, days of use per year on a, on a uh, as, Deconflicted basis of their where, theater of their theater, so that they don't charge uh, uh, the use fee, but there's still a fee for whatever staff and uh, and cleanup and those kind of things go. It's the same arrangement that we have with the Performing Arts Center at Calabasas High School. We have 10 days of use of the Performing Arts Center uh, with the same arrangement that that uh, the city co-sponsors a, a an entity. Uh, last year, the Hams wanted to kind of, and, and they found out that they didn't. It, it was they didn't. They couldn't pay the operational uh, fees. But if any community-based group wants to wants to 
uh, run an event and 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 the city deems it that that's an event that's for the public good then we can certainly sponsor them at, at either of, of these two venues using our days well but an RFP I mean we're not we're not paying them anything so no, I don't yet only only what Fred says if 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 forget them <laughs> if you want to no, I'm just saying if you want it to, to, to advertise for people that throw film festivals to have them do one in Calabasas you do an RFP for 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 or for people who would be interested in, in running a film festival in Calabasas, we'd have proposals. They'd ask the city for certain things and a certain amount of money, and then the council would make a decision on which group would do it. That's not what they're asking for. They're, ask, they're saying they're going to do a festival in Calabasas. They'd like our cooperation. But you can probably do it on your own if you wanted to well, in, the, mean, in, the, in, the, in the motion picture home and in the Edwards, correct? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and so that, that's, that's where we're at right here. Is do we want to do we want to be part of this or do we want to have them be on their own and do their own festival? Under the circumstances of them not asking for money, per se, I don't think we need an RFP. I mean, you know, we haven't had people banging down the doors asking to come here with no money. We've had them come ask for a large monetary contribution to do it, and we haven't even done RFPs for for those, much less for someone who comes in and want, doesn't ask for money. But I mean, maybe the whole the commission should take a look at the whole thing and make a recommendation. Uh, that's probably a good idea. And a, and, a, and a budget and everything to be included, not just the ideas of what you want. Well, we said we would submit package. a budget once you approved us to go to the next step. Well, I think maybe the commission could could look at this. I mean, I'm glad you guys came tonight, but sure. maybe the commission could look at this and make a series of recommendations to us. I know, in particular, Pre has asked for things to do. But I think that there should be some greater awareness made that there's a discussion going on about this, that we have these theater spaces and days um, that we can provide and just put the word out if it goes to the commission so we can get other interested people and ideas. Yeah, yeah I don't think we ever advertised that we have all these days available at the school. I thought it was if the city was doing some event and we wanted to use the facility. So no, we, no, can, we've, we've we have the dates and anybody that we want to put in there. No, no, no. Um, my well, question, no, not that. I mean, it can't, it's not a for-profit thing. It's generally charitable things and right. that sort. Right. Holiday Hams was, a, was a, what was that? Holiday name? Hams, they were going uh, Yes. Yeah, and and so it, it isn't. I mean, I mean, when, when we the discussed the the grant to the school district that we gave, it was discussed in the council as to what the city would get for the the money that we were providing to the school, and it's pretty much that it's city use, and we can and we can if we want to, we can co-sponsor somebody to use our days. But really, that's but but if we don't know them, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's 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 our you know, it's our choice who we who we say yes to and who we say no to. Now, are are you, if you don't, it's the only way that you will bring the festival is if you get the the city to. Yes, we'd like your blessing. Yes. That's blessing. the best approach. We, we we are like he had mentioned. We're all residents of Calabasas. We love Calabasas, and we feel like it's a it's a wonderful, unique location because of all the industry people that do live here. I mean, we run into Howie Mandel every day, the Kardashians, yada, yada, yada. So we feel like with your blessing 
and with our experience and her PR experience and, and festival experience that it, we could really do a great job. But we would like your blessing. And if we don't have your blessing, we understand. And we probably would not move forward with the festival. Just one point. Yes, Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Thank you. Last point. I just want to indicate that, again, I've, I've been on council a short time, but in the last almost two years, I've had, I'm not aware of anyone approaching the city who is interested in putting on any type of film festival whatsoever. And secondly, and one important item, which is not, which is being glossed over, is the last festival after the first year had uh, no ability to use the theaters at the Commons, which really should be if you're doing a film festival in Calabasas, the primary location for any type of major film. So we have a good relationship with the theater chain as well as the guns. I hope we haven't scared you to creating the first ever Agora Hills Fun <laughs> Film Festival. We're not festival people. We're really film <laughs> producers that love film and love the city. So we, uh, and we, we have a level of expertise, but this is not what we do. For a living, we don't go around doing film festivals. We've never done one. We make films, but we live I here. She's done festivals. <laughs> yeah. So I understand, Mary Sue, your concern, yeah. and, and, and Mrs. Martin. I understand what you're saying. So, so you have a council that's unanimous. They would love to see a film festival here in Calabasas. Uh, we'd like uh, you to come back with more detail sure. to the extent that there's anything you need from the city sure. or desire from the city to come back and be more specific about what that what that is okay. we'll probably have you go to our park rec uh, and education commission to have them uh, discuss with you they they're also staffed by our event people you know our, sure. our community service and event people and um, I think that would be a good place to to have a, the next discussion and to the extent that there is any action I'm not sure that I've even heard an action that the City Council has to take right. in order for you to have a film festival but to the extent as you get into the details that there is one then we'll be uh, will accommodate getting you on the on the agenda so we can uh, we can have that discussion. Well, thank, um, you. thank you for your thank time. You for your All right. Time, thank, you. thank you very, very much. Thank you for having us. Okay. Can we take a break? Yes. We will take a 10 minute break. Thank I'll you. ask everyone to be back at 20 minutes tonight. Okay.
Well, you only need the light when it's burning low. Only miss the sun when it starts to snow. Only know you love her when you let her go. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Only hate the road when you're missing home. Only know you love her when you let her go. And you let her go. The sun when it starts to snow. Only know you love her when you let her go. Only know you've been high when you're feeling low. Only hate the road when you're missing home. Only know you love her when you let her go. And you let her go.
Don't you ever say I just walked away I will always want you I'm going to call back into session the City Council meeting of the City of Calabasas on December 11, 2013. Uh, we are on to item number six, consideration of a resolution to initiate proceedings for a local government reorganization to include annexation of the Craftsman's Corner area, 146 acres, to the City of Calabasas and requesting the Local Agency Formation Commission of Los Angeles County to amend the sphere of influence for the city to include the proposed annexation area and to consider approval of such annexation in accordance with state law. We will uh, have a staff report. I see some people in the audience who may want to speak on this matter. If you do want to speak on this matter, please uh, fill out a card in the back of the room and hand it to the city clerk. As of this moment, I do not have any cards uh, on, this, uh, on this item. And, uh, Maureen, if you'll lead us through the staff report, thank you. Thank you. Um, honorable council members, um, we are taking a look at a map of the city of Calabasas and the boundaries of the city of Calabasas, which is also our sphere of influence. It is effectively a line that is generated through LAFCRO, through the local agency um, formation commissions, to determine how cities are going to expand and grow over time. 
Um, there is, in this particular area, um, the yellow is the unincorporated components of the county. And we're taking a look specifically at an area of annexation between the city's boundaries and the city of Hidden Hills. Um, so you can see that particular zone. It's immediately north of the freeway. Um, and the annexation area roughly goes um, on the west side from the water tank all the way to the east side to the boundaries of the city of Hidden Hills. Um, and there are two additional parcels that are only accessible um, through the city of Hidden Hills. One is off of Bridal Trade Road. It's an undeveloped site of about four acres. And the second one is at the um, cul-de-sac of Oakfield Road, which is three single-family homes. So the nature of this annexation is a little complicated because it involves an annexation area to the city of Calabasas and then these four parcels that would be annexed into the city of Hidden Hills. Um, the boundaries of the annexation area are shown here. The area is traditionally known as Craftsman's Corner. It's a mixture of um, residential and business and um, um, manufacturing zoning currently right now. Um, why is the city even considering an annexation? Well, effectively, um, as we discussed extensively during our general plan process, Craftsman Corner really functions effectively as a part of our city right now. Um, the zip code is the same. The, the name of the community is the same. Um, it is accessible only um, through our city. Um, which is actually a very interesting component of this. Um, and residents of this area, businesses in the area, um, effectively do a lot of their commerce directly into our city, and they have access to many of the city's services, like our parks and excellent library. Interestingly enough, though, there's no political connection for this community, even though they effectively do their business here. So in the development of the 2030 general plan, um, there were a number of different policies that were adopted and which support annexation of this particular area. There's um, policy 2-1 uh, requires the city to work with residents and landowners of adjacent unincorporated areas contemplated for annexation to determine their interests. Um, policy 2-3, pursue annexations of areas where residents and landowners desire to become part of the city. Uh, policy 2-4, specifically pursue annexation of the Craftsman's Corner area. Policy 9-29, annex and revitalize Craftsman's Corner through redevelopment with a mix of uses, improvement of circulation, and raising the quality of building design. Um, the general plan even went so far as to create a concept of what an annexed um, area of Craftsman Corner might look like in future years under uh, the city's goals for um, annexation. And what it um, envisions is effectively a theater district in, involving retail, um, shopping, and residential communities. So it would be very complementary. Um, to the existing residential communities that are there now, still incorporating um, commercial business parks. The annexation process is governed under state law. It encourages the logical reorganization of urban boundaries, and you can see here that it's kind of illogical that we've got this pocket of unincorporated county uh, between two cities. Um, the state law also through 
LAFCO governs municipal annexations, boundary adjustments. So effectively, they act as a, a facilitating neutral party to take a look at the feasibilities of, of these types of annexations. And they do that through the LAFCOs, the Local Area Formation Commissions. So what steps would be involved? Um, the first matter, and the, the matter in front of you tonight, is to consider an application. Um, the application, um, again, would involve not only the jurisdictions of LA County and Calabasas, but also the cities of Hidden Hills. And we would ask LAFCO to amend the spheres of influence, the future growth boundaries for the city of Calabasas and the city of Hidden Hills. Uh, we would ask them to annex the territory to the city. It's approximately 85 parcels and 145 acres. We would ask them to um, accept the annexation of four parcels into the city of Hidden Hills. And again, those are the four parcels that are only accessible through streets that are currently in the boundaries of Hidden Hills. And all of this is a very public process. Public hearings and um, those efforts are conducted by LAFCO. So there are different outcomes as to what your application might um, um, would have. In a, uh, excuse me. There are different outcomes relative to the annexation process, whether or not it's adopted or not. But assuming that the annexation is favorable, what would people and businesses in the communities um, find? First of all, their property taxes don't change. Um, the city boundary will not change um, that component. Police and fire protection will remain with LA County and the LA uh, Fire Department, so that will not change. Um, no addresses, no post offices change. Uh, maybe in the future the street signs will carry the proud uh, hawk of the city of Calabasas, but otherwise um, those components will not change. And even simple city services like trash and curbside recyc uh, recycling uh, will stay the same. It's the same provider. Uh, it's just a different management team through the city of Calabasas. Um, what will change is that the residents of this community will be able to vote in our Calabasas elections. They'll be able to participate in commissions and in city affairs. We heard about our great Recreation and Parks Commission. Uh, that's a very good example. And um, their involvement and their voice will matter because they will learn more about all of our great events, programs, mailings, activities, and the services that we provide in the areas of safety. One of the great things about um, the community of Craftsman Corner is that it's really next door. You can honestly walk from City Hall over to Craftsman's Corner. It's really that close. So uh, planning, zoning, building permits are really within walking distance. The library is in a walking distance. Um, and um, we would be administering a slightly different set of codes. The city codes are slightly different than those to the county for any future land use development and projects. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the land use. This is the current zoning of the area under the Los Angeles County North Area Plan. And you can see that um, the majority of this is commercially zoned property with certain rural residential areas, um, which is where the 22 homes are within the community. And there's one little spot of pink with a P on it, and that is the water tank that's owned by the water district. Where's that cemetery? Um, under our general plan, we already anticipated what we foresaw to be land use components. Um, you can see that, that they are relatively unchanged, um, a mixed use. 
correct the green areas up in the pet cemetery. Um, the mixed-use component would be comparable to the commercial and manufacturing uses that are still there. Um, the B and BP, the pink area, would be comparable to the business park um, uses that are currently there. And of course, the RR, River residential, would be almost parallel zoning. Um, with regard to a timeline, um, a certain set of steps have already been um, completed. There have been three um, informational meetings held with the community, one with the residential community and two with the business community. Um, those meetings have been concluded. Uh, we have had meetings with LA County officials, uh, with LAFCO and with um, Hidden Hills officials relative to their interest in this and their support to this annexation. Um, this evening would be the third action, would be to consider a resolution of annexation, which is in front of you this evening. Um, and from that, we would move to start to prepare an application package um, to submit it to LAFCO. Um, next um, would be a series of internal meetings with regard to the city, the county, and Hidden Hills. Um, there need to be tax sharing plan arrangements and different types of resolutions. Uh, for example, the cities of Hidden Hills petition to annex these four parcels. Um, then there would be um, a sixth step. Uh, we would be coming back to the council to pre-zone the area consistently with our general plan and with the Hidden Hills plans. So we foresee that to be somewhere towards the end of next year. Um, in early uh, 2015, the seventh step, uh, to take a look at potential transition plans. And once all of those efforts are completed and we effectively have a plan of action in place and the appropriate resolutions, um, then LAFCO will start their public hearing process. And we anticipate that about a year and a half down the line. Um, this is a... Um, it's interesting, when we go to LAFCO and we ask them for a chart of how they do things, surprisingly, they don't have a chart, so we've kind of created a chart um, of what their process effectively looks like. Um, the important thing about the process is that annexation really is a determination of the property owners and the residents of the areas. Um, and the critical matter comes up as to whether or not uh, once AFCO determines the application process to be complete, whether or not they, um, there are protests that are filed to that effort, because that puts into effect a whole series of actions. Um, so we have created um, a chart of how we um, basically um, can describe this. On this side um, uh, would be protests that would be submitted potentially by property owners. Uh, property owners' protests are weighted by the valuation of property. On this side of the chart um, are those registered voters, and their protests are weighted by, um, frankly, just by number. Um, there are nine different outcomes um, in protest hearings, but effectively three thresholds. The first threshold is from zero to 25%. Either the annexation could proceed, um, an election would be held to determine an outcome, or if it exceeds more than 51%, the action is terminated. So every time there are these valuations, there's kind of a complicated set of ties that go together 
to determine the next steps down in the process. You can see here that annexation will only automatically proceed if both the property owners and the registered voters submit less than 25% protests. That's the only time that the annexation would not uh, proceed forward without going to either an election or being terminated. Um, the city is proposing um, to the council that the council um, uh, <coughs> put forward the costs um, so that there are no costs to business owners um, or to residents. The anticipated annexation cost to the city is $50,000, and a breakdown of those costs was in included in the staff report. Um, primarily, it involves a lot of the filing of um, survey and other types of registration documents that need to be done by professionals. Um, the cost that is not included in that is future costs for operations and maintenance of public facilities and infrastructure. So I spoke earlier about the simple things like street signs. So that $50,000 is just to complete uh, the process through LAFCO and the registration. So our recommendation is to consider adoption of the resolution in front of you to initiate proceedings. Um, and there is a second component that we are recommending as well, um, which is that you direct the city manager to issue a letter to LAFCA requesting that the Mountain View Estates annexation application be withdrawn. Um, we have had conversations with LAFCO. Um, LAFCO has indicated that it is best to process this application and not two applications at the same time, so one or the other. Um, and the council has had uh, discussions over the years with regard to um, um, concerns that have been raised about moving forward with the Mountain View annexation. So we believe that the best course of action at this particular point is to simply withdraw that one. And it can be done simply by directing um, the city manager to send a letter and that application would be withdrawn. And then the third action that we're asking you to consider is to amend the municipal budget um, because the $50,000 is not in our current annual budget, so that money would be drawn from the general fund and placed towards this effort. And with that, um, that concludes the presentation. Okay, are there questions? I do have a speaker card, but let's first go to questions. I have a bunch of council. questions. Councilman well, Massage. do you want my questions and comments after the speaker then? Some of, it, some of it's mixed. I you, mean, it's hard. Um, you have an opportunity to ask questions now or you can hold till after the speaker, well, but I want to go to the council first with any questions. Let me hold till after the speaker be easier for me. Okay. Anyone else with questions at this time? Seeing none, we have one public speaker, Phil Mundy. Welcome, Mr. Mundy. Landowner in Craftsman Corner, which I'd never heard that name before, but the Craftsman Corner. Um, my concerns, or my biggest concern, is that when I look at your redevelopment map, my building's not there, <laughs> nor are my neighbors or anybody around me. Um, you know, it is a quaint little area that we have over there. It is isolated from the city. Um, the only advantage I heard was parks and library, we already have the sheriff, we already have fire department, we already have all the services. Uh, and all the discussions that we had, two of them with the 
commercial group and one with the residential group, and I was a little miffed that you separated the residential group from the commercial group when you had your meetings, so none of us could mix and talk to each other. So um, anyway, I think that uh, I, 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 the commercial group, because that's the only group I know, you know, I know Maury here is pretty much against it. Uh, a lot of us just had questions that we came to, I came to the second meeting where we posed a lot of questions at the first meeting. I went to the second meeting. I sort of heard them answered. I noticed you didn't mention anything about the revenue of 400 plus thousand dollars a year you're going to get in property taxes. That's got to be a big reason why you want that area. Uh, you have spend 50,000 to incorporate it and then you get 400,000 revenue. That's, that's a pretty nice investment annually. Um, I just don't see the advantage to the people over there. I mean, we talked about our streets are in disrepair. There's been a lawsuit over there about Craftsman Road. Um, and I don't know if that's been settled yet or not, but we're trying to get our roads fixed uh, because it's not maintained by the county. It, it stops right at my property. So half my property is maintained by the county, the road. Half the road's not. It's private. So I'll have to pay my portion to fix the road. And that came up and the, the uh, meeting we had, and of course, the answer was, well, we're not making any deals with you to incorporate you. We can't tell you if those roads are ever going to be fixed or not, and probably not, was what I heard. So I'm still trying to think of what the advantage is of being incorporated by the city of Calabasas, especially Maury's building, my building, and half the other buildings are not there. We're gone in your long-range plan. So I understand wanting to have Calabasas look good because I do like the commons. I, I live here, but that's far removed from the commons. Um, half the people that go in and out of there get on and off the freeway there. Um, so they're not really using Calabasas streets. And that was one of the comments I heard. Well, they get all the advantages of the Calabasas, but you know they don't have the city. But they really don't get the advantages. I mean, uh, I don't know anybody uses the parks in the library. Everybody has internet now, so that I doubt there's ever been a person there that goes to the library. I don't know where the closest park is, because we're all businesses, so we don't go to the park. Other than that, I heard no advantage. Um, other than, and, and I, I'm not a builder, I'm not a developer, but everything I've heard is it's a lot more difficult to work with the city of Calabasas, and I think most of the people there know what the county requires. They don't know what the city requires, and I know we did make a little comparison of a lot of different things that the city requires um, versus the county at the final meeting that we had, but I just don't see a big advantage to the people there. And Maury, I don't, he, he's kind of convinced me that there's not a big advantage, but uh, and uh, the other people I talked to, my next door neighbor who couldn't make it tonight, he voiced his opinion to me that he's, his building's not there either in the redevelopment. Well, what chart is this? I'm not clear what he's talking about. Let's let the speaker finish. It's the general plan that's out there that I you showed see which up earlier with a bridge so across a to go into the commons or go into a hotel and a, a whole bunch of buildings there that my building's not included. Maury's buildings aren't included. My neighbor's buildings aren't included. So what do we do? Is that going to be taken away from us? Do we, 
you know, do you guys encourage a developer to come in and take it on eminent domain because we don't want to sell? Or I don't know what happens. Once it goes to the city, we're kind of left out. In my opinion, we're left out. I mean, we're not educated. I mean, I haven't been to a city council meeting in this building. I used to go to them all the time on Moreau Road when we had a lot of building around our neighborhood and a lot of things going on, but I haven't been back. So, but I do get, I'm president of our homeowners association. I do get a lot of emails from me and a lot of information. So I know what's going on. I just don't show up at the meetings. So I just, I haven't been convinced that it's a big advantage for the, the landowners over there. And I have no idea that, I had no idea there were all these homeowners that live up at the end of Parkway Calabasas. Uh, and I don't know what the advantage is to them versus why it's a disadvantage to Mountain View Estates, who I guess you just dropped. Why not try to get them too? And why isn't the pet cemetery in there? They talked about, well, you can't have a little island. The pet cemetery is an island between Calabasas and, and Hidden Hills, but it's not being incorporated. So your philosophy yes. of... Yes, it is. It is. It is. There was a... Are, are the three are minutes are up? To, no, I'm okay. Thank you. I'm, I'm sorry. Mr. Mundy, I do have a question. Which is, can, do you mind telling me which is your building or where your building is located? Uh, 23981 Craftsman Road. Can what? If you turn across the street from the saddlery. Okay. If you turn left, go down the street, it's the second building on the left. This, it's where all the motorhomes are parked. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is first. another concern. No, wait, that's, uh, okay. Craftsman. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank Any you very much. Any other questions for me? No. Well, I plan to make some comments to address some of the comments you made, but I don't have any questions for you right okay. now. Thank you. Did you did, were you able to state all the questions that you have that you haven't had answered? Because maybe you could provide them to us, and now would be the time. I'm sure there's more, but I just off the top of my head can't think of any. Thank you. Okay. I don't have any other cards. Is there anyone else that would like to speak on this matter? Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing and come back to uh, the council. Um, do you want, uh, Maureen, do you want to address some of the issues that were raised, at least some of the, uh, correct some of the information from the, uh, from the public speaker, or do you want to? Well, look, can we? Fine. I'll, I, I, I mean, you know, we can go back and forth all night. I, 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 I have some concerns that I think should be addressed, and then maybe she can do it at the very end. Okay. I mean, there was testimony, for example, that uh, they're worried that their buildings didn't show up on that on that slide. So that I think there's a misunderstanding, at least, with, uh, as to what that slide is. That slide was a a conceptual plan that's part of our plan. That what this could theoretically, how it could f be developed in the future. The plan. This proposal does not include any ability to have any eminent domain, to take anybody's property, to change anything. This would be completely dependent upon private people coming forward, and uh, and it might not look like this. It's literally, it's one possible concept of how that area could be developed in the future. Um, but every single pr property there would be owned by its current property owner. It would be uh, governed by city zoning instead of county zoning. One of the just, just things that we did discuss at some of the meetings was that the city zoning, or at least the city general plan for this area, and the zoning that will ultimately be adopted now, if we do this. Look, what? here's the problem. This is why the city gets into these problems unnecessarily. So, so you don't want me to finish my sentence? I, 
what is this doing? What is this slide doing in here? We're going to submit to LAFCO this. No, no we're no, not no. going to submit to the, Why, why is it in, in the report? Because, because this is what the general, this is the general is plan the general that you plan. approved. The general well, plan says we're, that we're to This is in the, the general plan. plan. This should not be in any discussion of annexation because it does give the appearance that this is what we're doing with the area. Right. It should not be included. Please take it out. <laughs> and we don't have to discuss it anymore. I mean, it's only going to cause problems. All right, well, I, I if we, we approve the report with that in it, it makes it look to the average person that who, who isn't here or who doesn't know that that's what it's going to look like if we annex it. Otherwise, why is it in there? Because, uh, because your G, that's what your GPAC said they would like this thing to look like. It should not be in here. It's not going it's in any formal document okay, for okay, it. Okay, it has no meaning. Then right, let's, go back, let's go back to one at a time. And we're gonna, and one I'd at like time it includes out. me finishing my few sentences, and then we'll go to James, and then we'll have response. Okay, let's just talk one at a time. One of the things that was discussed was that the zoning, you had mentioned that you're not a developer, you're not thinking about what the potential development is, but the general plan, the city general plan calls for a 0.95 FAR floor area ratio where the county zoning is 0.5, so it's almost twice as much potential development. So for some people, well, for some people that would be the, you know, the value of their property would now be worth and you may say, I'm keeping this building forever. I'm never changing it. I don't care what happens. But if it, as chattel, your, your property is worth more if you could build more on it. So we had discussed that and in, in some, in some, uh, uh, some of these other issues. Okay, with that, I'll withhold the rest of my comments. That's what I was asking in, in terms of correcting some of the information that was there to the extent there was an impression that someone was going to take your property. There's no power of eminent domain involved in this. Um, uh, so some of these things, and, and these things were addressed at, at, at the meetings, but they're, they're complicated issues. I understand that people still have um, concerns about, about uh, some of these things. Okay, I'll con keep the rest of my comments till, uh, uh, till later. James. Okay, firstly, addressing that, that one slide. I, I know that the slide doesn't mean that we're changing the area, but it should not be included in the staff report, in my opinion, because people who just take a look at the staff report and see the title of the staff report and then see this map are going to come to the same reasonable conclusion that the speaker came to, and it's unnecessarily incendiary to do that, and I would ask that it not be included in the future. It, it's. It goes along with some other comments I'm going to make, but that would be my, my first comment in as much as the speaker addressed that. Next, the annexation history that I read in here does not seem to me to be entirely accurate. I would be happy to work with staff to get a more accurate history of our prior annexations, particularly if we're going to submit it as a factual record to LAFCO, it should be accurate. The slide on the utility, on, excuse me, on the taxes mentioned that the property taxes would not change. However, the slide should also include that uh, I don't believe the utility taxes will change. I don't believe the sales tax will change. I don't believe the transient occupancy tax will change. So please include that if you're going to say that taxes are not going to change. I think it's more uh, informative to tell people that none of their taxes will change because we adopted the county code and as far as I know, we haven't changed it, and the county has, as far as I know, the county hasn't changed. The county changed. lowered theirs. Theirs is 4.5 utility users tax. Ours is 5%. Per permanently? Yes. Okay. And, 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 and that was all briefed to them when we had the right. two meetings 
Okay. We had the two meetings. Every single one of these things were briefed in detail. I'm not saying it wasn't. The point is that this is now online as the city staff report, and it should be as informative as possible in all areas, so that when people go and look at it, this is what this point is take. what they're going to be trusting is is the report. Next, um, at some point, I'd like a very detailed explanation of the demographics of the area, which would include number of registered voters, population. Uh, I think you did include the acres. Um, I don't. I didn't see it in, in terms of square miles. Things like that are important to have the full demographics so that we know the community we're, we're uh, going to be potentially servicing. As part of the annexation process of Mont Calabasas, we executed, and, and even with Mountain View Estates in the early stages, we talked about executing and we drafted side uh, contractual memorandums of understanding. And I think those were very helpful because what they did was they assuaged the community that we weren't going to do certain things. For example, I think in the Mountain View Estates one, we had a contract drafted that said we weren't going to touch any of their open space. I think in the Mount Calabasas one, we had a side contract, or I'm not using the right, ter right term, I think it was Memorandum of Understanding that was appended to the annexation agreement that said we will not increase the level of entitlements for the commercial area that was being annexed. Those are important so that the community understands we're not doing this simply to repave over everything and, and change the character of the community. And it helps build support for the city and not opposition to something we're trying to do. Finally, uh, I don't know what level of notice we're giving for these kinds of meetings, such as tonight. I know we're giving the proper legal notice and all that. We are dealing with a very small community with a limited number of property owners. Letter, letter to everybody. Okay, so everybody got a letter Everybody tonight? got a letter for tonight. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was just asking, and I think that is something that uh, we should do for every one of the major meetings. Did you all get the letter? Okay. So if they're not here, they're not here. I can't force people to come to a meeting. But as long as they're notified, this is one situation where we can personally notify, unlike some of the other larger annexations that we're, where it's just not feasible. That's all I have to say. Thank you. And, and just just in addition, you notice there are no residents here. The re when we met with the residents, the residents' comments were, "What took you so long to do this?" And we said, "Well, you didn't ask." And and I think some of you council members were there at the, at the meetings, and that and so there were the 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 residents were notified, and 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 are and I believe are supportive of this of this thing. The commercial property owners, we met twice with them to answer particular questions there was a left unanswered question that it was brought up about about a road that's a private road that's not a county road that's a private road owned by a private individual and and we told them we cannot use public money to fix private roads that was the answer that we gave at that time and that I'm and that we're giving now so we we encouraged every single question and every single property owner uh, to come in and ask the questions. Uh, I believe uh, we had how many participants in, from the commercial before? Um, uh, we had 30 of the 31 commercial. out of, of uh, uh, The commercial property owners came to our meetings, uh, were given the briefings by the staff, and apparently are fairly comfortable with the briefing that the staff gave them. So that's, and we'll take, and we'll, we'll remove some of the things from the annexation documents and do whatever we need to do. Well, you'll remove them if the majority of the council. If the majority of the council wishes so them far, removed. So far, James wants them removed. Um, 
who, are there further questions or comments regarding uh, from the council? Lucy. Um, I have a question. Um, the uh, speaker had asked why didn't we have a meeting with the residentials and the commercials together? Why didn't we have one big because meeting? Because we, so chose, we chose to do it this way. We, we, chose, chose, to, to we chose to split them because there were different, different interests in both groups. The interest of the residents are different than the interest of the commercial property owners. And, okay. and the commercial, and that's why we figured that a meeting would be more productive with the residents talking about what's of interest to them, which is the aesthetics of the city, the, 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 the perhaps the cleaning up of the sign ordinances and codes to make their area nicer, use of the library, use, those are the ones that use the parks and use those kind of things. And that's what we talked to them about when we spoke with them about. And for what it's worth, they vote separately. And they vote and they separately. Vote. In the process. Yeah, that I understand. It might have been nice, though, for them to hear each other's uh, positives. They could have swayed maybe some of the commercial um, in. Um, we talked about no increase on property tax, but the utility tax is four and a half for LA and five for Calabasas. Will that increase if we yes, yes, in it? Yes, increases it, increase. it increases to five. It increases to five percent. What what we didn't do was an analysis of uh, everything that the county of LA taxes under the utility under their utility users tax, vice what we tax under our utility users tax. But but we we we, we highlighted that we said it would go up, uh, you know, point point five percent. Um, the other comment now the businesses um, like the gentleman had commented um, his mo mobile home our ordinances and annexing them in everything would be grandfathered in exactly and not now if they went to sell their building though everything 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 that's our code. everything that's there on their property stays there even if they sell it the city's not the only way that this gets redeveloped in any way is if somebody buys a property and comes to the city to, like any other uh, parcel, to do something. Uh, there's a general vision of the city, and that's what we presented when, with that thing. When someone comes and says, what would the city likely approve? We would go to the general plan guidance and said, we'd like to see generally this type of use. But it's strictly the owner has to do this. The city's not going to force any use on anybody that they don't want to have. And the, and the buildings as they currently exist are grandfathered for as long as those buildings exist. And so there's no danger that the city, there's no redevelopment zones, or, there's no danger that the city's ever going to do anything with any of those buildings that the owners don't want to do with those buildings. And the grandfathering ends when the use ends. It's not by sale. Right. It can be multiple owners. It's right. when the use terminates for a period of time, then they lose the right to go back and do that use. Uh, approximately 80% of all of the buildings in Calabasas were built under the county and are non-conforming under our code. So it's a, a, a very good real-time example of um, taking our code and applying it to buildings that were effectively grandfathered in. So most of our city is really grandfathered in the structures that are out here. So we would just continue with them. What, what is it that, I mean, the, 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 the word to the community is, is that what Fred mentioned also. We, we will authorize a .95 FAR because we've got, a, in a lot of these things, we have a mixed-use designation. And right now, there's a lower use right now because it's commercial, basically. So under the city's uh, 
uh, zoning, uh, those properties will be worth more if they ever want to sell them and redevelop them into something else. And, and in fact, if you have a, um, a commercial use building right now, um, um, just through a zoning change to come to the city may mean that you could add on to your building where under the county you couldn't do it today. So you might keep the same use by just adding on another wing to your building. Um, the city's zoning would be more permissible in that regard. So it's actually, uh, without even taking a look at a, a drastic change of use, just simple expansion to these buildings is going to be much more easily facilitated under the city. Any further comments or questions, Lucy? Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro? Just briefly, I, while I appreciate all the comments, I did attend all three meetings, two of which were for the commercial property owners, uh, one was residential. And uh, if, if what I heard then is consistent with what I'm hearing today is that the property owners, particularly the commercial property owners, are entitled to maintain their property as they have it currently and it will not be altered in any way by our city post-annexation, uh, which was the biggest concern that I heard in addition to tax issues which were discussed as well. As far as the residents, again, I heard primarily positives in light of the fact that Calabasas the benefits as well to the business other than private roads uh, if you drive into Calabasas you know you have reached our city you know how beautiful our city is you know how how it's maintained how the infrastructure is is kept up uh, and that to me at least what I heard is is a big benefit because we talked about talked about advantages uh, the other obviously potential financial advantages the ability to develop property with the 0.95 versus the 0.50 if you choose as a property owner. So I, I think this makes great sense. Um, and, and again, after attending all the meetings, the majority I heard was were positive comments with respect to all the comments made here tonight. Councilman Mauer, did you have comments? I, I have a couple. Mr. Mundy, did you get your questions answered? And, and I'll see if I can repeat them so I understand them too. One of your biggest concerns was eminent domain and the, seize, the seizing of property for public use. And you heard that that will not happen. Can we put that in writing? Uh, we, can, we can certainly. In, in, in the document, in the MOU that James made reference to, that there. There, there won't be an MOU of, of like what we talked with James. What we did, what, what, what the resolution is is what goes forward to LAFCO. What we wound up doing when we were talking to Mont Calabasas were, were things that we did in terms of, at a council meeting, for example, we changed the zoning uh, on that commercial property so that you couldn't put affordable housing below Mont Calabasas. And we told them that that wouldn't happen. We can, uh, you know, we have done something like with the Pontopidans once upon a time that we said that we'd never, do eminent domain on their property uh, for housing, and if any, but but what we understand is is that these this is not indicative of the commercial property owners. The value, the, the, how this votes is by valuation. So, for example, the Valley Crest 
property is worth $16 million. Um, Calabasas Saddlery is worth $700,000. So when this goes for a vote, uh, Valley Crest votes $16 million worth. It's not one for one. I, I, I'm, and a lot of these other businesses aren't concerned at all about what we're talking about. I understand. I'm just trying to get Mr. Mundy's questions answered and, and assurances about, in we're this case, imminent domain. If we want to do that, we can certainly bring a resolution saying that we're not going to do eminent domain for any reason, if that's what the council wishes to do. And, th and we can do that easily. The other question you had, as I heard, was the paving or half paving of your street, which was clarified that it's private property. So we won't be going in to pave that particular portion. But I will tell you, if you drove around and you live here, you've seen the kind of services we provide as far as upkeep and landscaping. and and street maintenance and pothole filling and sidewalk repairs. It's unmatched in, in the county. So I, I hope that gives you some assurances. And then um, you're grandfathered in, the all, all building owners. And I think what was most important was the floor area ratio. And I wanted to make sure you understood that concept. The value of your property is increasing. And, and the concept map that was up earlier where you didn't see your buildings, that, that rendering. Um, I think the point of that was that this is going to be a very popular area and desirable for, for entrepreneurs and, and other businesses like yours. And so you will see an appreciation also there in, in your property. I think one ad disadvantage is the utility tax. And my question to the city attorney, or unless you know, can't, they didn't vote for it, um, so could we hold their utility tax to what the county takes? We can only ask LAFCO as part of the proceedings, but they're going to take that into account to determine the revenue and expenses. So we can ask... Normally, the annex property is going to be paying the taxes based on the city's... I we would, we would not want to do that. or something else. Uh, we did not do it for Mont Calabasas. I, I understand, but... Uh, and and I would recommend that we not do that. Well, well, we did something something like that for another. You know, look. Here's my feeling on it, and I, I I agree with you on this. If there's a if there are a couple sticking points that would make people happier, and it's not going to be much for the city, I'm I'm all in favor of inserting those into a resolution and and handling it that way, rather than saying take it or leave it and this is the way it's going to be and then forcing there to be unnecessary opposition to this but but council member this is not an in, this is not a cross-section of what we heard at the meetings well wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that come at an appropriate time when we've done the reports yes. and the various income and stuff it's I mean it's not the issue today today's the initiation but as we move forward is there is there a reason why we can't try to accommodate reasonable requests i mean i don't know i mean reasonable requests by how many people by one two or three no not or by, by one person but if you hear if we have public hearings and well, i went absolutely. to one where there were significant comments made about things that we could do in fact the road is one issue I was at the meeting with the road, and as I understand it, the lawsuit is over who owns the road. It's not necessarily a private road. No, it's a parcel. It's a parcel. It's a parcel, it's a parcel that includes the road, and it's a privately owned parcel. But we, we checked into it. The, the owner is contesting that, I think. Well, y you looked into it, but the, there, is a con there is an issue as to who owns the road. Okay. There is there's no issue as to who owns the road. Well, there's a litigation over it. There's uh, on, on, on who repairs it, how much they right. pay into it, and but all not that. Who owns it? Who, What's that? 
But not who owns But not who owns them. Well, okay, I don't want to get into this argument because that wasn't my understanding. But all I'm saying is this. There are easy ways for the city to avoid conflict potentially. Not if just one person complains. I understand that one, not everyone's going to be accommodated 100%. But if you get a general complaint that you hear over and over again that it's easy for us to accommodate, I'd rather do the annexation successfully without significant opposition and make a few concessions than to just present the annexation and have, you know, have opposition. I mean, I don't see what the, what the point is on some of these issues. Councilman, who do you cut deals with? I mean, this is the if it's an We've HOA. Done the same thing if, before. If it's an HOA, you can talk to an HOA that speaks for residents. If it's a bunch of individual property, that's why we had the meetings. We had the meetings to get the concerns from 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 property owners, residents, and commercial property owners. And I and heard it was, some concerns, and I'd like them to, to the extent possible as we move forward to be accommodated. If we can, we can we can discuss them as a group. I'm not going to make any side deals with anybody personally, but Tony, I do. In general, James is of course correct. If there are reasonable accommodations that can be made that will accommodate property mm -hmm. owners in that area, and they can be included in the proposal, then uh, that's something that we would want to include. And these are issues that will, as we go through and do the more specific studies, um, that will be part of the you know final proposal that we put to LAFCO according to the calendar we saw a year from now okay right so um, we can we can go through specifics if you want but I know but th tonight. that direction is a is a correct direction and uh, the fact that there are that you believe I b believe that there are a few people who are seem to be opposed as I mean, we wouldn't be going forward if we thought there was a majority opposed. It would be a waste of everybody's time and money. There were a few. We should continue to have discussions with those to deal both with some of the issues where they have misconceptions, which we may or may not be able to clear up, and on issues where they've raised reasonable issues. So I think that that should be part of the uh, direction, assuming that the, if, if it's decided to initiate uh, the um, the annexation. So, I mean, James, I, I don't want to cut you off if you want to go no, more no. into more detail than no. that, but I was trying to summarize Not where today. we were. That's, that. that's exactly what I meant to say, and okay. you said it a little more artfully than I. All right. And, and I just have a concluding comment. I, I just wanted to send a message that um, small businesses matter in this community, and I think you've heard that because maybe your business doesn't have as high a value as some other businesses who carry more voting power. In, in this chamber, um, you'll be heard and your concerns will be addressed. Okay, everyone, it, it, I, I would, I'm gonna give my comments. I, um, I look at this as a couple different levels. First of all, there is a basic, what I view as sort of a legal requirement level. We have a general plan. The general plan outlines that we will pursue this, uh, this annexation. Um, and, uh, and so what, everything that's been done is exactly pursuant to the general plan, the constitution of our, of our land use and zoning in the city, something that went through a very thorough vetting uh, through the city and was, has been widely awarded and, and accepted by the community. So there's no doubt in my mind this is a correct step to do and, and, and to some extent maybe even a legal obligation for us to fulfill if, we're, if our goal is to fulfill the, the general plan. Two, 
I look at it some of the practical level. It is only access through the city. It's this island in between us and Hidden Hills. And let's face it, it's a mishmash of all kinds of stuff. Um, it, it's nowhere near what either Hidden Hills or Calabasas would view as completely acceptable in terms of, of aesthetic, in terms of look, in terms of use, in terms of planning. Um, and uh, it has everything from some of the most spectacular stuff in our community. The Valley Crest building at the top of the hill is probably the nicest building the commercial building in our entire area, if you've ever been up there, and even just looking at it. Um, uh, you know, then we have, uh, you know, a place where you can buy a Maserati and a Ferrari, and two doors down, you know, you have buildings that are held up with two sticks and a, and a uh, uh, you know, a, a sheet of metal, uh, and and it goes back and forth. There's some very nice office buildings back there, and there's a lot of uh, crap back there. So, this something's going to happen here. This is not going to stay like this forever, and we don't want it to stay like this forever. Um, and then three, I look at it as sort of the dream level, the vision level. If you think about it, this is the the largest last area that will over time, not two years from now, but over 10, 20, 30 years, that's going to be redeveloped into something. And is it going to be something that complements what we have in the city, what we've done in our civic center with the, with the commons and the office buildings and the city hall? Uh, or is it gonna you know, go off, one, be out of our control, and two, go off in some other uh, direction? Or, um, I, th I, th I think it has tremendous potential. I don't know whether this will be another shopping area like the Commons. I don't know if it will end up being, uh, you know, some corporate headquarters uh, of, of high-tech companies. I, you know, I don't know if it'll if it'll end up being, you know, a row of auto dealerships for electric cars. I don't know what it'll end up being, but it's not going to be this forever. And when it does get redeveloped. As a trustee of the people of the, of the city of Calabasas, I want us to be in control of, of how that goes. And we've already started that by having a general plan that lays this out. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and I, which includes a concept plan, which I, I have no reason to hide that from anybody. It's part of the section on Craftsman's Corner. Basically, they took the whole section of the general plan on Craftsman's Corner that said we're going to annex it, and it had this diagram. So. On all those levels, I see no reason why we wouldn't initiate uh, this annexation. I want you to know that we did do these meetings. They were well attended. The residents' meeting was virtually unanimous. I don't recall hearing a negative uh, response, uh, and I forget how many, but there was a, a majority or a vast majority of the residents that were there. Then we had two meetings with the, um, with the uh, commercial uh, uh, owners. Uh, the second one was to answer questions they have, and, and uh, our city planner put together a very detailed chart which was not included in this presentation and did go to some in more detail some of the questions specifically that you asked, James. Um, what are the differences in the code? I mean, there were charts. Here's the county code on signs and height and FAR, and, and here's the city code so that people could see what the, what the changes were because those were, and it had taxes. It had all the various taxes laid out and what they were. So, um, and certainly at the end of the second meeting, there were still some people who were, uh, who were against this. Let me summarize, in my view, what the key issue was for the people who were against it. It had, didn't have anything to do with taxes, frankly. It wasn't the half of a percent on the utility tax. There is a long-held feeling 
based on what I believe are historic truths, but not current truths, that it's a lot easier to deal with the county than it is to deal with the city of Calabasas. That the city is going to be tougher on enforcement, they're going to make you take down your signs, uh, and the county over, the, over time has sort of let everybody do what they want to do over there and hasn't really bothered anybody. And we'll, we'll be closer so we can send the inspectors over and bother you more. That is, and I, and I, understand, I understand that to some extent. I mean, um, uh, and if you look at the area, you can understand it, because there's a, there's a lot of, as I, I use the unscientific term, crap over there, okay? And, uh, and so I, underst I understand that concern. That is not a compelling concern to me as to why we shouldn't uh, move forward uh, uh, with, uh, with an annexation. Um, to some extent, what it means for the residents of Calabasas is, is that this area that they're likely to be in at some point in time may not may have things in it that we would not allow in our city to exist. Um, uh, you know, the, the advantage, of course, is that to, to deal with an issue or to get something done, they come, you come across street, you come here, you don't come down to, uh, you don't have to deal with the, with the county. And the key thing that has changed um, is the county has downzoned the area. The county with the north area plan has taken the FAR and crashed it way down. They included this in the Santa Monica Mountains area, whether this should have been in there or not, and said, you're going to go down to a 0.5 FAR, um, where we're at a 0.95. Not that we're allowing wild development. That's the FAR that's allowed in our civic center. That's the commons and our office buildings, so forth. And we're going to allow that over there. So um, uh, there are, there, we can't bring this to you with uh, unanimous support. There are some people that, now I am still confident that some, some of the people we can still talk to, I, I, as I said, I agree with James's general point. The, the timeline gives us a lot of time to work with people. I'm gonna, when, when people, even when, when two people come to our meeting, I would, I'm gonna ask staff to call them and say, would you like to come in and talk about this more? Can we go through more? Can we ask, you know, can we address your concerns? I, I, you know, I don't care if it's one person. We have the time to do that and we should do that because I, I think that they'll event, they're going to be our, they're going to be property owner in our city someday, and that's how I want all of our residents and property, uh, property owners treated. Um, someone who actually lives in the city should like the idea that whatever revenue comes out of here is going to go to the city. Um, the $400,000 that currently comes out of here is very small. That's, that, that is not, we are not doing this for the $400,000 now. In fact, my biggest concern as we do the studies is how much is it going to cost us to, to maintain the public streets, forget about the private areas, and bring them up to the standards that we want. Or, um, and, and I want to know that, because if that does start to get into a millions of dollars, then we may, we may at some point may say, I don't know if it's worth it. Because there is potential future revenue here, but we don't know what that, re we, we, you know, the, the 400,000 is not, uh, that's not the driving force. Um, so I think that, um, the, the other thing I want to add is that in addition to these public meetings that we had um, with, with the individual property owners, this is a topic that I have included, I included in my mayor's uh, speech to the chamber. I had a whole section on this, talked about it. I've taken that presentation over the course of the year to uh, eight different homeowners associations uh, and made the presentation. Um, 
Uh, we had the, the San, uh, San Fernando Valley Economic Alliance invited a lot of uh, uh, businesses and bro real estate brokers, including all the Calabas real estate brokers, made the presentation there. There, it was, this was very well thought of. It was hot, very well thought of uh, that, uh, that this, it's, it was logical to people, it made sense to people. Um, the real estate community thought it made total sense that this be part of the city of Calabasas. Um, and, uh, and so it, there's that additional public outreach that uh, has occurred and, and feedback that has occurred that, that has been positive. So I support moving forward with the uh, initiation, the annexation. I think over the course of this next year as we go through the study phase and really before we make any detailed more detailed submissions to the um, uh, to LAFCO that we continue to work with the property owners and answer their questions. I don't, you know, I don't know if we'll get them. You know, not everybody. You know, you can't get make everybody happy all the time. Whatever Abraham Lincoln said, but uh, um, but I think that we can continue. We, I'm, I'm committed. I'm committed to talking to them and, and dealing with those, those issues. So I, but I believe that we should fulfill the requirements of our of our. A general plan and act in what is really the best in long-term best interests of the city to initiate this annexation and I would ask for you to support the resolution any further comment or question there's a question from the audience well I, I could yeah, entertain we, questions not. from the audience if you'd like do you um, I'll leave it to the council do yes. you want to you want to uh -huh. hear public comment out of order yeah it's yes. fine. okay <laughs> Yes, please come to the microphone less. and state your name. My name is Murray Siegel. I'm a general partner for a few properties in uh, Valley Circle. And I'd just like to clarify a few things that you mentioned. <clears throat> you brought up things like uh, floor area ratio, which doesn't carry much weight because all these parcels have been developed. And what dictates is the parking. The buildings are probably maxed out as to how much you could put on it. You can't put a second floor on because you can't justify the additional parking that's required. As far as the value goes, there's no increase in the value beyond the fact that this each individual property throws off a certain amount of uh, cash income. Take off the taxes, insurance, the maintenance, and uh, we are left with a bottom line. That's return on investment. That's what a person's looking for. If you can't increase that by saying, hey, just because you got a new zoning or a general plan, it doesn't increase the value of the property. So you're stuck with that. Uh, economy would help you a little bit if you could raise your rents. That's the only way to get an increased value. As far as the this general plan goes, you might as well throw it out the window. James, I think you were right in that. Why consider it even? Because there are 30 parcel owners there, all owned by individuals. They're not going to give up or all cave in at the same time and say, we're adopting the general plan, and we're tearing everything down, and we're going to start building with a developer. It'll never happen. I'm not going to give it up. I'll be out there with a shotgun. Anybody that says, you're taking my property. And a lot of these other people feel the same way. They make a living on their individual parcels, you know. Why am I happy with the county? Because we have this fear of uh, increased taxes that will come up, and after you're out of office, somebody else comes in and says, I never promised you that. So 
we'll get an increase in taxes. I don't know what your utility tax is, what it amounts to, but it's another tax that we're not living with. So we just feel we don't want to see any changes. And I'm going to have a meeting with all the commercial property owners. Oh, and incidentally, that property was owned. And we got machine shops. We got uh, automobile. And all those buildings are different designs. You, how are you going to glorify it? Plant a few more trees? You can't do anything with the buildings. They are what they are. I like tilt-up buildings. Somebody else likes masonry buildings. So you got a mixture. You're right, that nice building up on the hill, uh, it's beautiful, you know, but it's, and it stands out. But there's just that one. The rest of us is a jumble of miscellaneous buildings, and uh, yeah, you could dress them up, you could give a nice paint job, and uh, it'd look a little better. But you're not going to change the character of the neighborhood, you know, and it's a contrast to what you have on your side of the freeway. I say leave well enough alone and let us all do our own thing over there. That's the way I feel, and a lot of other people in the commercial areas feel the same way. Thank, thank you very much for listening to me. Thank you very I'll much. I'll fill out a card. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, I think we, we uh, you, you had your time, and we, we, uh, we made an exception to the general rule to allow Murray to make his comments since he was here. Okay, are there any further um, uh, comments or questions from the uh, council? If not, is there a motion? So moved. All right, this is a motion to uh, adopt resolution 2013-1393 to initiate proceedings for local government reorganization to include annexation into the city of Calabasas of the Craftsman's Corner area and requesting uh, LAFCO to amend the sphere of influence for the city and approve such annexation. Is there a second? Second. It's been moved and seconded. Is there any further discussion? I, just one quick question that we didn't ask before, Tony. I'm assuming that even if something happens with this, that it doesn't go forward, that we're still we're going to withdraw the Mountain View Estates one anyways. Well, I was going to go to that next. I was going to go to each oh, item individually. Separately? So okay. I, uh, the, I just, right now, it, I, I, all right, no question. Then. I apologize for not being clear. What's before us now is a motion and second to adopt the resolution. Is there any further okay. discussion? No. Okay, we'll go to a vote. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That is a 5-0 to adopt the resolution. The second requested action is to direct the city manager to issue a letter to LAFCO requesting that the Mountain View Estates annexation application be withdrawn. Is there any objection to that, uh, having that direction? No, I just, I want to make clear though that let's just say something happens with the first resolution and it gets stopped somehow early on. We're still going to just, it's independent. Withdrawn is withdrawn. Okay. All right, got it. It's not premised upon that. All right. No, I mean, the timing is such so that we'll only have one in at a time, but no, once it's withdrawn. Okay. Uh, we would have to reinitiate if we wanted to do something in that area at some future date. Okay, I, I don't know if we need a vote or if there's any, there's there any objection to the, giving that direction. There is none, so that is the direction of the council. The last item is to direct uh, the same manager to amend the municipal budget amount of $50,000 from the general fund to cover it, the estimated expenses uh, for this project. Now, this 50000 is over the course of 2014, which cuts into two budget years, right? I don't really need that. Yeah. Just What I need is just that you want to do this yeah. within the budget uh, as it currently stands. I think we can easily accommodate that. 
uh, at the end of the year, if 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 I come back to you and I said we overshot the budget by fifty thousand, it was because of this. You'll understand, but but I will only come back if if we can't if we need the money. My my point of, my point was I don't think we need to amend the budget. No. Um, I think that uh, you have the direction to that. If it, it, you've informed us that it's going to cost fifty thousand dollars over the course of a year or so, uh, or more, and that. Um, uh, if the budget is inadequate, if the current budget's inadequate, then you'll let us know if we need to make an amendment. But for the time being, though, and those expenses are not going to be in a lump; they're going to be over time. And over time, they're expanded. If, if we don't have any money in account, we'll just go negative on that account, and at the end of the year, we'll sort right. it out. And if I need more money, we right. And we can include a, an item for it or a budget right. for it specifically when we do next year's budget, if needed. If we need to, yeah. Right. So. I don't want to direct the same manager to amend the budget. I want to have that direction unless other council members have a different feeling. No right. So no action on that. Okay. Any further comments on this? Okay. Very good. Thank you very you know, much. I actually have one. Um, from here on out, can we refrain from comparing um, the viewpoints of small businesses to, again, to the weight of the larger Valley Crest type businesses? And also refrain from using terms that are not very flattering to describe some of the businesses there, because they are the people's livelihoods, and I think that and it. You know, that, that's I a very that's a very good point, and I, and I was referring to the buildings. Okay, I have no problem even, with the but even, some of the buildings are. It's been a tough economy, so. Well, it, it, I, I, when I, the economy I, was good, they would look the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but but you're absolutely correct. That's uh, could be. I like it could be interpreted. Yeah. Could it's be interpreted. It's a interpret little diverse diversity in the. Kind of well, nice. if you really drive through and peek through, there's some. I drive through. I like it, except for the roads. They could be uh, repaved. Okay, you're absolutely right. We'll be more careful on the wording. Uh, we are now on item number seven, because at ten minutes to ten, uh, we, we want to have a very detailed review of the development and sequel process in the state of California. Um, I'll leave it to council as to how they want to go forward on this. This was an item that was put on the agenda in response primarily to the concerns regarding notice and um, communications between agencies. If you'll recall, there were issues you know, of agency, sending things to agencies, not getting responses. People want to know exactly how that works and what are the legal requirements for that and so forth. And that was the, this presentation was mainly put, put together for that purpose. I'm, I'm more than willing to have the presentation and have everyone's question answered, but I'm also, uh, it's not urgent, and if the council uh, feels that at this hour to launch into that, which I don't know what your time estimate uh, is. I, I to assist you in your decision, this is about a 40-slide presentation. Right. So, um, Can I suggest that we postpone yeah, that's this presentation? Important. I do feel that it's necessary to have, but not at 10 to 10 at night. I would be, I would certainly be supportive of that, but if, the, if there was insistence by other council members, I'm open. I'd be happy to move it as well to the next meeting or one of the next meetings when it, we had. I could hear it tonight or another meeting, it doesn't matter. I'm a late night owl. I would say, I would say one thing that I'm not sure if this presentation was meant to address my concerns, which were notification of public, of the public regarding projects such as um, notifications as simple as putting That's signs up when, 
Correct. This one was one, a separate one. I know. Totally. I just want, so, so the the concern I still have is notification regarding public works projects and um, not only doing a mailing to the quarter mile, but what other outreach we do with our media department, etc. So, and I didn't see any anything other than what was required. And what I was looking for was when you do that quarter mile radius or 500 foot or however, whatever you're required to do what on top of that and um, because that's been my concern and, and council members um, we did hear that request it is noted um, what we thought we would do is eat the elephant one bite at a time and so this really focuses on on outside agencies and you're correct there would be another 40 page uh, slideshow mm -hmm. you could enjoy where we would go into that level of detail on the notification process and the radius and what that involves. So, Am I correct in remembering that this one you're going to do tonight or you were going to do tonight involved sending like letters yes. to governmental agencies and we don't get a response so we just assume they, didn't, they yes. got it and they didn't care to correct. respond as opposed to other follow-up that we had asked. That that's, not, that's not the other no. one. That's, that's a that's totally separate right. one. Right. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm free to do it another night too. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, I think that the... Um, the uh, sense of the council is to put this item over for another Sorry. for another night. Um, now, okay. whenever we go to do these, it'll be an hour, mm -hmm. probably late on an agenda. So then the other option is having some kind of special meeting where we talk about all the notice issues and all those you know all those kinds I wouldn't of things, mind that. and talk about uh, you know transparency in government and all the things we do and other th you know other th ideas. That's a possibility. Now that I'm seeing two lengthy presentations on two very important but separate issues coming forward. So we'll consider that with the city manager and staff and maybe suggest a, uh, uh, I don't know, a Saturday morning meeting or something where we might address all of those kinds of issues. That's good. Okay. If, unless anybody has another idea on that. Okay. All right. Now we can go line by line through the check register for the period of November 6th to Gary November 26th. Now that we've cleared the calendar. Yeah, but, 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 but I am planning on bringing this one back at a future meeting as it stands. Yes. Or combined. Yeah, right. no, no, we're I, talking I, about some well, kind of special well, meeting. Yeah, but. Give direction. Uh, look, I, we, I would. I said that the mayor would consult with the city manager yeah, yeah. and the department. The, this is an item that was specific to address the, the the development process and noticing during development process. Yeah. This isn't outreach the community on, on and I think that's what Mary Sue was talking about, which is, uh, which is separate. So there are two separate issues. Yeah. Um, and I, again, we'll talk. We'll talk if you want to. Yeah. Well, uh, the council is trusting me to work with you on this and come up with some idea this for how we'll do this. Yes, and then, then whatever we come back with, they'll, they'll overrule. <laughs> okay, the check register. Are there any questions or comments on the check register? Okay. Seeing none, task force reports. Do we have any task force reports? I just said uh, I did. I, I am going to be meeting with the mayor, and I would say the second meeting in January maybe present the protocols. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We might be meeting this Sunday, so. Yes. We'll see. Okay. I, I had a Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy meeting on Monday night. There was nothing on the agenda that was relevant to Calabasas. Okay. 
and we've had uh, meetings with the senior task force uh, with regard to the senior uh, proposed senior center which is in process we have gone through a number of applications we have narrowed it down we are actually going to be interviewing uh, the group on Monday uh, three excellent qualify uh, potentially qualified uh, uh, partnerships businesses and there will be a follow-up meeting again next week so things are moving forward in a great with great 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 confidence and positivity Tony when are we um, scheduled to come back to council with a recommendation it's sometime in January I believe sometime in January we moving. we've been we, moving we were, very we quickly were, now that David can make this meeting where's Ma Maureen now that David can make the meeting on uh, the recap we're back on the schedule of coming back to council on January 8th correct on the senior center um, that's correct. The plan is to return to you on January 8th with a recommendation on um, the firm to award to, and that recommendation will also include a request to enter into contract negotiations with that firm. We'll explain the process up to the date, uh, how, how, we went, how the task force went about selecting the final uh, three, and then how the task force selected the, the one that they selected. The, that it's going to be the recommendation. They'll make a recommendation to the council on that and then ask permission to enter into negotiations on a contract and then we'll bring back the contract at, a, at, at another meeting. And, and it's my understanding that we will have representatives from that, that, or that group here as yes. well as perhaps their renderings that they presented to us? Um, we're happy to do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll we, we haven't discussed the details of that, but we're happy. I'm sure they, they would love to show off yeah. who they are. Any further task force reports? City manager's report, nothing. Future agenda items, any additional future agenda items? Um, I think February is the, uh, probably the month to have the discussion on the, uh, what, what further discussion is needed on the issue of the roundabouts on Park Sorrento. Um, yes, and so what, if anything, we're gonna do about it. I would ask that in addition to just simply putting it on the agenda and announcing it that we um, I think it'd be appropriate given the sensitivity of it and the ongoing communications I've received, I don't know about the rest of the council, that we, that we have uh, 89 homes on the street that we, um, we send out a postcard to each one telling them what night we're discussing it and take it from there. Okay, did you, but did that's you, up did to you identify a specific meeting? No, I'm leaving it to your discretion, but I th I'm just saying February is about the six-month date that we told the community right. we would be coming back. I agree. I, it, if, it you, be if we on, can't it do it in February, February then, you know, very soon, I mean, it's really getting to, No, we're, we, February, you know, February is the date that we were going to come back in. I, right. I, that's what I remember. And, and we'll have counts and some... And traffic count, uh, uh, counts Correct. and, and speed, speed analysis. And, and, and these are traffic control and devices. Much before and after photographs of what it looked like and Much so the forth. same as the crossing guards, animation. traffic control devices. Animation. <laughs> animation. animation. We could do animation. Okay. And anything further on future agenda items? All right. Tonight uh, we are adjourning in memory of Marvin Shapiro. Um, Recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the State Bar, past president of the California Applicants Attorneys Association and Southern California 
Applicants Attorney Association authored many groundbreaking decisions in the area workers' comp was really one of the incredible lawyers to develop the law on behalf of workers, injured workers in, in, uh, uh, in, in California. Uh, his, um, uh, his funeral was something to, that really was unmatched. I mean, not only were there a thousand people there, but um, because he touched so many people. It was one of those homes where people just came and went and stayed if you needed a place and everyone had a story and was his, his nephew and his niece and his, and his uh, adopted son and daughter. Um, but uh, there were, not to get into details, but there was tap dancing and ice cream cakes. This is, this is at the mortuary. It was, uh, it was quite something, uh, a true Shapiro event. Um, but he was that kind of guy, and uh, we just got to know him just a little teeny bit. Um, but you could tell when he was here in our chamber earlier this year, just the um, the uh, the the grace, the um, distinguishedness of his of his language, of his uh, presentation, uh, and and the warmth of his uh, love for his family and for, for others in the community. And, and so he will be missed. And, and uh, David, on behalf, of the, on behalf of the city council, we have a, um, a certificate that will be um, adjourning tonight in memory of, of Marvin Shapiro. Yes. Thank you very much. He, Uncle Marvin, as I called him, was 77 and passed away about a month ago. His family, who I, all his, his two daughters and his brother, sent their thanks to council and the city for honoring their dad. It's uh, still awfully fresh for them, and uh, they are dealing with uh, their mother, who has had uh, uh, advanced uh, onset of Alzheimer's for a number of years now, so they have their plate overly overflowing. Um, for me, I just want to say he was my second dad uh, since I've been down here in 1976. Uh, my aunt and my uncle, I spent a lot of time there. Uh, he, I was lucky to have him in my life. I certainly was very, very lucky to have him. He'll always be with me in my heart and my mind. And uh, his strengths, his kindness, his caring for others uh, was unmatched, uh, truly. Uh, couple quick comments and, and uh, or stories um, I went to see him towards the end it was very close to the end of the hospital the first thing he asked me walking in wasn't to talk about himself it was what's going on in the city he was very interested in what's going on in Calabasas and the second was when is my daughter gonna play the national anthem at a basketball a pro basketball game which she's going to that he was always concerned about everybody else in the room and he always made everyone else seemed that their issues were more important than his and that's a talent uh, that he carried with him uh, two very brief stories he did have tap dancing at his funeral that was a bit shocking there is a story behind that he was in his 50s early 50s he was not the most coordinated individual he had uh, cataracts he had real vision problems he went and took tap dancing lessons weeks and weeks and weeks and months uh, and he wasn't very good I love him but he wasn't very good he was at an eye doctor appointment and he walked over to this man who was seated in the corner and said may I dance for you and the person looked shocked 
and he started tap dancing. And the person asked, what do you do for your daily living? And he said, I'm an attorney. I'm a workers' compensation attorney. He said, don't give up your day job. <laughs> and that person was Gene Kelly, who was a very famous <laughs> tap dancer. And he knew it. <laughs> and the only other thing which, for those who are here, we'll get to share, he was an accomplished attorney. He had awards from the governor, from the president, from he received lifetime achievement awards, as you mentioned, Fred. Uh, the only thing, if you walked in his, into his office downtown with a large firm, uh, behind his desk was none of those plaques, diplomas, pictures of children, a giant picture framed of Mary C. because he loved C's candy. <laughs> and so in light of that, I brought some candy here, and I did bring some candy for anyone who's present to celebrate a sweet man and a sweet life. And well, let's open it. that thing. Thank you. Thank you. I also asked the council if they'd indulge me in adjourning tonight in memory of, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, he would be beyond honored that you're mentioning him in the same breath with Nelson Mandela. That'd be very important to him. And so I'm going to ask yes. the council to also adjourn in memory of uh, Nelson Mandela. It is, when you think you are in a battle, think about a man who turned to, to his opponents, his oppressors, and said, join me in making a better place. And uh, it's just amazing, an amazing style of leadership um, really set the tone for 21st century world leadership and something that uh, there's so many things that we can learn from his, from his great life. So we, uh, we think about him enjoying the entire world really in uh, his memory, uh, in the journey in his memory tonight. And the last thing I just wanted to say to everyone is happy holidays. Um, you know, you're involved in, and then you get on the council and you learn so much more. When you're mayor, you actually learn a lot more. And you learn a lot more about the employees of the city and what they do and how hard they work and their lives and things that they deal with. Um, you learn a lot about your fellow council people and how much time and effort and thought and love and caring that they put into this and I certainly feel that all of you do that and, and uh, um, so I'm just very very appreciative at this uh, year-end holiday time to be able to work with all of you and and to uh, help make this city really the great place that it is so thank you all and happy holidays and enjoy and um, unless anyone has any further comments we will be adjourned <clears throat>